Oh, it must be a worm from the germ. Yo, Joe! They'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe! G.I. Joe is there. It's G.I. Joe against Cobra the enemy, fighting to save the day. He never gives up. He's always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Joe is the code name for America's daring, highly trained special mission force. Its purpose, to defend human freedom against Cobra, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. He never gives up, he'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 132, Star Joe's A Real Animated Hero. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Robert. And I'm Shannon. And welcome back, everyone. Yes, we do have two Joe artists joining us for A Real Animated Hero, finally, because someone finally decided he could show up for an episode of this. (laughs) (laughs) No, where have you been, Shannon? Come on. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Jeez. I've been hanging out with Larry. I, <laughs> I, I figured I had to razz you more. Than Arbor Day celebration. <laughs> Arbor Day. I had to razz Columbus you. Day is coming up. Right. That's true. I had to razz you more than just one episode, so for because uh, you canceled three times, so expect one more episode of me. Oh, good for it. All right. <laughs> um. So yeah, this is this is uh, where we're going to cover the next five episodes of the animated series, and man, to have you guys on for these five, <laughs> it's just going to be a thing of beauty. <laughs> oh man! Uh, but before we get into that, I uh, do have some listener feedback, and actually have a few voicemails uh, from a surprise guest uh, who left us three voicemails, believe it or not. So. And they're very appropriate for this episode. Um, so I might as well heck just jump right into those. Uh, let me see here if I can bring them up. Hopefully you guys can hear them. Hey, it's a torpedo. I'm confused because <laughs> I called a voicemail and the voicemail say, Ryan and Chuck, no Robert. I need a Robert. Hey, Robert from your buddy Torpedo. So yeah, I haven't. Oh, that's it. <laughs> that's I'm it. Gonna keep going. I haven't updated the uh, voicemail. <laughs> I love. Yeah, yeah. What's with that? I just so, haven't done it. <laughs> um, I love how Torpedo is Italian. Has he always been Italian? No, but I I thought it was. I was gonna say it's kind of like Torpedo meets Mario. Yeah, it's like a Luigi Torpedo kind of mashup. <laughs> yeah, it's a torpedo. <laughs> I love it. So uh, so he called again, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this one's a little bit, little bit longer, so he All right. gives us a little bit more in this one. Hey, it's Torpedo. I, uh, I, I, Stardust. I'm getting ready to go to go a, a deep sea adventure. I'm going to to eat cobra in the ocean, and and Duke. I not, so I don't know what's up with Duke, but he teamed me up, and I got a partner, and my partner is Quick Kick. Yes, yes, it's Quick Kick. 
and I'm I, I'm preparing to go to go, and I got my checklist, and I'm got I got wetsuit check, I got harpoon gun check, I got air tank check, and I'm getting ready, and I'm then I go to quick kick, and I say quick kick, are you ready? And quick kick have his checklist, and what on his checklist? Snorkel. Not only do quick kick walk around Antarctica with no shirts and bare feet. Quick kick, he goes deep sea diving with just a snorkel. I, I I don't know what to say, but I will keep you posted. <laughs> Good day, sirs. <laughs> he gets back to us. He's like, so, quick kick's dead. It's <laughs> <Right. laughs> like, oh, crap. <laughs> I, love, I love quick kick's checklist. It's like snorkel and pants. <laughs> Let's go. Right. Like at least he remembered his pants and I mean. throwing stars on his sash. That's right. All he needs. So uh, he just but, turned it into the jerk. In this headband, and that's all I need. <laughs> in this thermos, yeah. and that's all. <laughs> I always wondered about Quick Kick sash, right? Because I'm guessing it's made of fabric or even a leather, right? right? But if he ever like does a crunch or bends down oh, does he like, just stab himself <laughs> i mean there's no under like protection underneath that no that's <laughs> like every character in joe universe yeah <laughs> just and, like, they're just a, defeated by their own uniforms and a, and a bomb here and a thing there and i'm like how do you move <laughs> without like pulling a pin by accident or something yeah, exactly. well, yeah it's like it's like snake eyes one of his costumes he has like 48 pounds of explosives strapped to his ankles or whatever <laughs> Oh, it's like, yeah. how do you run? <laughs> it's like those weight. It's like those ankle weights. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You take one. It's just, just conditioning. You take one bad bullet and you're done. <laughs> yeah, it's over. So he did call one more time and left a voicemail. Oh. <laughs> Kiss it dead. So, so here we go. Hey, it's Topito. <laughs> it's Monday, October 6th. I was calling to wish my buddy, my pal, my chum. Chum, the sharky, the chum. Anyway, anyway, Ryan, happy birthday from your buddy Torpedo. Oh, wait, what's that, Snake Eyes? You want to wish? You want to wish Ryan happy birthday too? Okay, hold on, hold on, Ryan. Here's Snake Eyes. Okay, sorry about that. Snake Eyes, he just have a lot on his mind today. So happy that Ryan is like 74 now. So, happy <laughs> birthday, Ryan. Never forget your buddy, Corpedo. So, that was that was nice. Birthday wish from <laughs> Torpedo. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. You look good for 75. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah. You got to tell us your secret. Right. <laughs> Some mornings I feel that age. I will. I will admit yeah. to that. It's that can cantaloupe stuff that Cindy Crawford's always selling. Right. 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 <laughs> Just a little under the eyes. That's all. Just a little under the eyes. <laughs> um. But no, I did. I had my birthday yesterday, and uh, and turned 39. So one last year in my 30s, and yep. then it's all downhill from there. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. Right. 
Um, but no, I had a good time. And actually, uh, related to the show, one of the things I did on my birthday is I went and saw the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Yeah, I, I feel bad because I didn't watch it. I didn't go see it. Um, I think I was I going to. You went and didn't watch it. No, yeah, I, I, went, I went and closed my eyes the whole time. <laughs> I had I my Kindle. Asleep. I was good. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I actually because it had been out for a while already. In fact, I was still surprised it was in theaters. Uh, I went. It was a Monday afternoon, and I went went into the theater, and no one was there. <laughs> gonna say nice private screen yeah well that's what that's what my wife actually said i texted her because there was no one there and i said hey no one's even here at the theater and she goes oh i arranged a private screening for you <laughs> oh man that's such a good birthday present. right that's she rented out the whole theater right. just for you right it couldn't be that no one was there to see the movie <laughs> yeah. no no um but no so it and i will say just to give a, a brief review of it and this doesn't spoil anything i thought it was it was a lot better than i thought it was going to be uh, the turtles are really well done uh donnie's voice gets a little whiny at times because he is the the nerd type character so they went with a very nerdish type voice um and it works through most of the time there's just a couple times where he gets whiny splinter to me didn't work at all um the voice i didn't like it at all and the the look of him wasn't bad, but they almost gave him like a prehensile tail. And I'm like, he's a rat. His tail doesn't grab things like a monkey's or anything like that. But his did. Um, Shredder was pretty cool as far as being like an awesome fighter. But then they put him in this whole like robotic suit thing. And he's still a badass, but he's got like these knives that just come out of everywhere. Um, so uh, Megan Fox still can't act. Um, but she, <laughs> she was actually a little bit better than I thought she was going to be. I thought you said there would be no spoilers. Come on. <laughs> you didn't know that going into No, I was like, I was expecting it to be like this Oscar worthy. Oscar worthy, right. Because <laughs> she's been working with Meryl Streep lately, right? Right. <laughs> um, she was better. I will say, though, I thought she was better than than I was expecting. So, <laughs> oh, so, so it was unzipped further down then. Right. <laughs> um so yeah i mean it was a fun movie kids will definitely love it i mean this what were some what were some easter eggs that were in there that like just fans would appreciate like there was a comment made by shredder that tonight i will dine on turtle soup (laughs) which is classic um there's uh the one guy that plays vernon which is will arnett he makes a comment to april he says so you're talking about heroes in a half shell is what you're talking about here and uh there is a point, and I think this was in the trailer, where uh, April O'Neil goes, like, so you guys are mutant ninja turtles that are teenagers? And Mikey's like, well, when you say it like that, it just sounds awkward. <laughs> so, yeah. so there's things like that. Um, you know, she's wearing the yellow jacket, which is reminiscent of, right. of uh, the yellow jumpsuit and stuff like that. The Foot Clan is is a bunch of gun toting guys. They're not ninjas, which is, that's too bad. yeah, which is a bit too bad, but, and splinter does. And we got this in the one email from a listener. Uh, splinter does learn ninjutsu from a book and he trains himself and then he trains the turtles. And there is no connection between splinter and shredder, which is kind of disappointing. Uh, yeah. That's like one of the best yeah. plot points to tie things together. Yeah. So, so things like that. And the fact that he learns it from a book is totally yeah. lame. That's terrible. Especially how good he gets at it. So. Yeah. 
I don't know. That's that's very weird. But uh, but like I said, the turtles themselves were done really well, and that was the thing I was at least happy about. The personalities were done well. The voices overall were really good. Um, I mean, and they're shown a lot. It's not just like because they're CG characters. It's not like you don't see them very much. You see them okay. as full fledged characters through the whole movie. So that's good. Yeah, they do have the shell razor the the vehicle the the, the oh, turtle van cool. the party van or whatever. Yeah, uh, that happens at at near the end of the movie. They sh- they show them party in wagon. the party wagon. Yeah, they show them in that. So that's cool. So. Yeah, it's, you know, I don't. I mean, I don't mean to come off like there's no way he could have learned it from a book. That's not realistic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I understand. No, if you were gonna apply realism to it the should turtles, be a correspondence course. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, really. like Fozzie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was no. a correspondence course. No, I mean, if you're thinking about it realistically. Can you imagine how bad the turtles must smell? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, where did that come they, from? <laughs> they live in the sewers. Right. I mean, they're there constantly, right? So, how could you be a ninja and sneak up on somebody? Yeah. If you smell that badly. And then and then April O'Neil, how the fact that she how would hang she out smelled. with them so much. Yeah. <laughs> like I grew up and there's a guy I went to church with, he uh he worked in a pig farm, okay, and he was a cool dude, but he smelled like pigs all the time. Even when he showered, even when he was all dressed up for church. Right. He well, smelled I, like I pigs. To, I didn't want to say anything, but you always smell like India ink. <laughs> well, hey, old India ink, you know, what, after it goes bad. Dried up in a bottle. <laughs> it smells so bad. Well, and they actually make a comment during the movie where uh, they bring April to their, you know, their lair, and they're like, shh. Like you don't know where you're at, and she's like, "This smells like the sewer." <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Okay, I was gonna say like they have to address that, right? And I'm like, if she's hanging out with them so much, that stink isn't gonna wash out, no, you know. No. So she's gonna be constantly smelling like sewers. Then she goes to I work. Love how this is like the biggest concern for you with the film. <laughs> no, no, I can't get over it because look, if she goes to work, then you can tell you, her boss is gonna pull her aside and be like, "April, there's been some comments around the office, uh, just." About some like personal hygiene issues. Uh, yes, because you approach every woman about that. Right. No, I mean like incompetence in the office, you know. But but Still look, you've got idea. to take care are of this. Feeling, or... April, are you feeling unclean? You have <laughs> a fresh feeling. <laughs> it you just reek. It's 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 really you just, bad. It's you just leave her a office. box of some of summer's eve sitting on her desk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Courtesy of the turtle. Right. Um, speaking of which, they do. There is a, a part where uh, Michelangelo is singing to April uh, the song "Happy Together," oh, which cool. is by the Turtles. Yes, so I thought that was funny. So, um, but yeah, so it was it was a good movie, much better. Oh, and there's the Michael. I know Michael Bay was just the producer; he wasn't the director. But there is the definite Michael Bay influence because you get the lens flare happening at certain times where there should be no lens flare happening. <laughs> Like well, and you could even just from the trailer, I could tell yeah. like the there are just shots that are Michael Bay shots, and I don't think they're bad. No, I mean they look epic, they look beautiful, sure. but it's uh, it's just so it's so overdone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I'll um, give you an example of where I you really, can just recognize it. An example of where I really noticed it was April's in the in the subway area, and she's like peeking around the corner, and there's like a lens flare, like it's a close up on her face, and there's like a lens flare across her cheek, and I'm like. Where is the reflection coming from that's causing this lens flare to occur? Yeah, it's not like out in the, out in the midday sun or anything. Right. You're like down in the right. subway, yeah. Right. 
Was there wasn't a train coming or anything? No, no. There's nothing shiny. <laughs> nothing under, to justify. There's nothing shiny in her face or anything like that. Where it's you're, you're always in the subway, just blinded by lens flares. You're like, ah, oh, come on, I hate the subway. Maybe she was just really oily. <laughs> could be. That baby oil. Uh, but I will say it's better than uh, Transformers: Age of Extinction, which I got to see also. Wow. Um, that was was uh, I watched that recently too. That was really bad. Yeah, <laughs> I will say it's still better than number two, though. I will say number two is still the worst one. Mm. Um, but the the thing I yeah probably but there's because there's just not as much like complete immature yeah like trying to trying for a laugh and it's just too much. Right. But there wow, there's so many bad things. Did you see the honest trailer? I think that just came out. No, I didn't. For Transformers Age of Extinction, honest trailer. Just search that on YouTube. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's so good. Nice. But yeah, I mean, the the big things for me that, it, number one, it's it seems like the movie was put together by someone with ADD because it's like every five seconds the scene is changing to another scene in the story and everything else. But um, Optimus Prime and the Autobots do not let, act like the Autobots. They want to, like, I never thought I'd hear from the words of... Optimus Prime, like, I don't actually oh, kill humans, but I'm going to kill that guy. And I'm like, seriously, that's Optimus yeah, Prime. Yeah, no, he, yeah, exactly. It was He was so out of character for almost the entire movie. Yeah. It just took me out of it immediately. And then, which, you know, in, in all honesty, considering how they've been treated in the movie universe, that's any normal person, that would make sense, that that would be their reaction, right? Right, right. But Optimus Prime... You know, you expect him to be better than that as a character. Well, and then one of my big issues, too, is like, okay, the Transformer, even if you stay within the Transformers movie universe, just those four movies, wasn't the AllSpark what caused them to transform? And that's why you had the Mountain Dew machine and everything else to transform. Yet in Transformers 4, they explain the reason that they can transform is because of the metal that they're made of, which is called, which they call Transformium. Right. So I'm like, okay, you're contradicting yourself now. Like, it just didn't make sense. Um, the Dinobots, which was the big pull for this movie, it's a three hour and or two hour and forty five minute movie. Felt like three hours and forty five minutes, but two, yeah. <laughs> two hours and forty five minute movie, and the Dinobots appear in the last twenty minutes. I was like, that's yeah, that was it, it was. Then it was like a, just a weird fight, and he proves himself as a leader. He's like, follow me, and then they do, yeah, and then I, they're just kind of the do ex machina at the end. Yeah. Well, the spark is what kind of gave them a soul, though. And sure. the transformium is just what allowed them to transform. So when they're initially transforming, like when the humans recreated the trans, uh, the metal, or at least uh, an element that could do that, right. it's not like when they were changing it into all the product placement yeah. objects right. that they had souls or anything. They were just changing form. True, but they are saying in Transformers 4 that the metal that the Transformers are made of is what allows them to transform, but the Mountain Dew machine wasn't made of that metal in what, what whatever it was, number 2 right. or whatever, and yet that transformed into a robot. So... Like I said, there was no, just there was just things that I was like, okay, this stuff. And then, can you have a hot girl that you keep reminding me of seventeen years old? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like they spent. Uh, this was in the honest trailers too, but I thought of this when they when I watched the movie. They spent more time explaining why it's not statutory that they're yeah, together yeah. than they do like explaining anything else in the movie. Right. <laughs> like, like the they explain more about that than the plot. Like, there's way more research done for that line right. and that line of thought but guess what if i'm if she's 17 and i'm 39 it is statutory so stop telling me she's 17 years old <laughs> <laughs> well the other the other line shannon did you watch this 
No, I didn't. But it's funny because I was I was telling Ryan earlier about my friend Rob Birkin that writes for io9. And that was the big crunch of his review of it was the whole statutory rape thing. (laughs) The fact like the guy carries around the rules of what it is in his wallet or something. In his wallet. Like what is my bag? Like, okay, you know you're doing something wrong if you're carrying around the rules. Yeah, as a father, I would beat the crap out of that guy just for that reason. Like, <laughs> if no other reason, he would no longer be able to date my daughter. Well, you, you kind of figure, like, he showed that to the dad, you know, yeah. or whatever, and the dad's like, oh, well, since you've got the rules right there, I guess it's okay. <laughs> and he's like, you got me there. You know, like, that's terrible. The other, the other line in the movie that completely took me out of the movie is when the Mark Wahlberg character is talking to, like, the bad guy inventor who becomes good at the end. Right. He's talking to him. He's like, "Now I know you have a conscience because you're an inventor too," and I was like, "Why? What? <laughs> like just because he's an inventor means that he has a, like more, some morality, or right, so he should be a good guy instead of a bad guy?" Before or anything. Yeah, I think especially Harry Shelley in was the first to say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that was just like such a crap line. That was so. I mean, you got to imagine. I wonder what the actors are. Th- when they have to deliver these horrible, horrible lines of dialogue. I know exactly what they're thinking. Did the check clear? Right. <laughs> well, that's probably, that's a big part. Well, and that's yeah. the thing. I don't blame Mark Wahlberg because I actually like him. And I, I do. <laughs> I still blame him for Planet of the Apes. Oh. <laughs> what? Dang. <laughs> no. You hold a grudge. Hold a grudge. No, I blame a lot of other people for Planet of the Apes. <laughs> I'm just saying. He was there. I know, but I, I do like him in a lot of other things. So, so guilt, guilt by association. Right. But uh, the like one of my big issues too was the fact that the Autobots acted like Decepticons when even when Optimus Prime showed up they were like well who's going to lead us and I'm going to be the leader and they start fighting each other and I'm like that's not how Autobots act that's how Decepticons act yeah or when they're on the big ship and a couple of the Autobots who are new for this movie are like let's just take off you know yep. they they were going to leave Optimus there yep. like at least that one green guy he's going to leave Optimus yep. all the humans he's like we're out yep. now the only thing i will give the movie credit for is even though i might not like like the personalities i will say at least in this movie more so than any of the other movies each care each transformer had a distinct personality that's true that's whereas true. in the past ones i felt like they were kind of all the same for the most part other than optimus prime so could you visually tell them apart yes yeah, you could. They had could. at least, especially when they were transformed. Like they had enough design elements that made them. That's unique. always been the most confusing thing for me. Like I've tried to watch a couple of those films, and I just can't get through them. Yeah, and it's because every time there's two robots on, I, I lose who I'm supposed to be like rooting for. Yep. Yeah, this one you could tell a lot lot better, so so it wasn't as bad. Um, so I do have a, a little bit more listener feedback, uh, and then we can get into the episodes. Um, so I actually got some listener feedback for episode 128, which is the one where I covered the Annihilation prologue. Uh, we had someone that uh, posted on our actual website, so I wanted to make sure I read her uh, review. Just to remind people, you can post on the actual website. I, I think you do have to still have a Facebook account, pretty sure, but um, you can post on the website, and if you post there, I'll read them on the episode. Uh, but she said, I would personally love to hear more reviews of the Marvel Cosmic comics. The Guardians of the Galaxy movie really got me interested in the comics, but I can't afford to buy them. So your reviews are the next best thing. And that was Heather Flath uh, who posted that. So that was really nice. I still haven't read any of the Annihilation stuff. Oh, it's thank God. I thought I was the only one. Some of the best comics I tr- I've, I've tried. And for me, I, like, 
I'm, I'm obviously a lot like Shannon where the art is going to make it or break it for me. And I remember thinking enough of those issues, I just didn't like the art enough to stay with it. I think I read one or two of them because I was really into the, you know, well, the prologue that is, uh, cosmic push. Yeah, the prologue is Scott Collins. I don't know if you don't like, maybe you don't like Scott Collins' art, but. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't, you can, oh, I'm going to read chapter one and then not read the rest. No, of I get that, but. Again, I'm a story guy, so the story was awesome. So. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll. S- I might go back and give it a chance, just because I know what it leads yeah. to. But. The the main annihilation story arc is is I think is really good. Like the main story, it's the mini series that are kind of as far as arc goes. The mini series are kind of hit or miss. Right. Um, but or you just keep listening to me. I'm going to cover more of them. So I was going to say. <laughs> I think I'll just go that way. Yeah. No, I, I do actually do like Scott Collins, but for me it has a he he's one uh, artist where it makes a big deal of who's inking him. Yes, I will agree with that. So definitely. But. So then uh, the last bit of of feedback that we got uh, Here it comes. was from Robert's sister. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Elaine. She actually contacted us on the Facebook page in a private message. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I will be honest, I was a little nervous to even read it. <laughs> yeah. So she says, uh, Dear Star Joes, as I was listening to your podcast while I was running in the gym, I started laughing so hard that I slipped and fell off the treadmill. <laughs> she goes, Yep, sigh, it was not attractive. <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> oh, no. She said, Plus, all the old people started hobbling over to help me up. <laughs> You're like, I broke my hip. She goes, like, I feel your pain. I'm falling and I can't get up. She goes, Freaky amounts of irony there. <laughs> she said, Thanks so much for the shout outs. It was awesome. Elaine, AKA Push It. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Because <laughs> remember, we were going to title the episode "Push It" because Robert's sister's hot. So. Oh my gosh! So I, I, I don't need to hear that again. So I responded to her and just said, "Sorry to cause the accident." <laughs> I said, "Hopefully, your hobbling is short lived." Um, and uh, you know, I I told her I was glad to see that she took everything in, in jest and everything else, and you know, um. Glad she had a good sense of humor about it. And she goes, yes, I loved it. She goes, you guys are all awesome. Thank you for the compliments, except for being the obvious, quote unquote, running joke. Uh, She goes, I did enjoy that episode. (laughs) You can say it, Ryan. (laughs) No, that's okay. You go right ahead. It was your comment. (laughs) We were just, we were talking about before you came on, Robert, about now. Well, yeah, she's the running joke because she was on a treadmill. Oh, no. But I'm bumps. We're here all week. Try the veal. <laughs> so, I'd love to have footage of that. Yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> I'm sure we could contact the gym. They probably oh yeah, keep CCTV. There you go. Right, exactly. <laughs> so they're all watching it over and over. They're right. probably on YouTube. I'd, right, I could look. just look look up for Robert's sister on YouTube. <laughs> I'm sure you'll find a lot of stuff. You guys ready to jump into some of these episodes? Because there's a lot to say about them. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right. So the very first episode we have is the is probably is probably the best one to talk about. It's nice segue. It's the game master. <laughs> the Elaine episode. Yes. 
Um, it's it was done by Flint Dilly, and this is the first episode that was done by him. So uh, is it the last? <laughs> I was gonna say off to a roaring start. As far as I know, he's done quite a few because I recognized the name when I saw it. But <laughs> yeah, I can't say this is the strongest episode. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's very unique, at least. Yes. No, and I gotta say, it's one. It's one of the most memorable. Like, like if you if if you talk to anybody, you were going through puberty. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll definitely get into that. Okay, no, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's definitely some uh, yeah some <laughs> scenes. <laughs> so. All right. All right. So as always, uh, guys, feel free to jump in with any comments or anything like that. But I'll start going through the summary here. So uh, two holographic robots collide and try to defeat one another with a sword and a shield until the red robot disarms the purple robot and thrusts his sword into the opponent. Bikini. (laughs) We're not at that part yet. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. You said any time we wanted to. (laughs) When we get to those scenes. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Bikini. <laughs> I'm already so, there. I'm sure you are. And I've, I don't got, think, I've got it paused on my computer. I don't think you're ever going to leave there either. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so the Game Master announces his feelings for not having any fun anymore and decides to play a new game, one where real people fight for their lives and the Game Master can play without getting hurt. Um, and is he talking to, like, a clown? Yeah, he's got some kind of robot thing that he's talking to, like one of his toys, isn't it? Yeah, it's really messed up, too. Um, so we see Flint driving down the street in his convertible. He enters his apartment building, and he gets trapped in the elevator and is pulled away by a helicopter, <coughs> which I noticed that Flint always wears his beret. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah no matter what. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> he's Along like, with his like, sleeveless like a, sweater. Yes. <laughs> he's like in the shower, and he's got like a shower cap over his beret. <laughs> he's like, can't get this wet. <laughs> But he's got a nice apartment in a nice car. Joe yeah, pays. Joe yeah, pays. He's got like he's got like shellac concrete floors or something in his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't figure that out. Well, he has upper ranks, so maybe. Oh, that's right. So then the game master comments. We go back to the game master, and he comments. It's that, like you look at Tollbooth's apartment, and it's just like a shack. <laughs> like nobody knows about that dude. Oh, we get <laughs> we get we get into some stuff later on, and that was. It wasn't Tollbooth that drove the bridge layer, right? Yeah, it was. It was? Yeah, okay, so yeah. yeah, we definitely get to the bridge layer later in the uh, in these episodes. Uh, so the Game Master, he comments that clothes are like candy to Lady J. I never <laughs> no sexism <that>. there. <laughs> I know, right? No stereotype. I would have guessed, they could have put CoverGirl in there or something like that. That would make more sense. It would have made more sense, yeah. And after he incorrectly guesses which dress Lady J will try on in the dressing room, uh, Lady J is captured in a wooden box as it closes around her as she's undressing. Yes. <laughs> they couldn't have waited Bikini. a little oh. bit longer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, man. Not at that part yet. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> so the Baroness is sitting in a tank of water that is under a large sun lamp. <laughs> The game master tells Coco, which is the uh, the Coco, yeah, the uh, clown, the robot clown, yeah, yeah, that she is a she is a brilliant and resourceful cobra, cobra agent, which is of course what I'm thinking of at that time. Mm-hmm. And, 
<laughs> Very resourceful. <laughs> the circular sun lamp is brought down in order to trap the Baroness in the tank, and a robot nurse wheels her away. Which I was thinking, if that sun lamp's working, wouldn't she be fried when it comes down, like right on her? No, it goes off right before it closes. Okay. I'm watching the episode. Okay. <laughs> I've got it up on my screen. I'm watching. Okay. I just you want keep... to see the bikini, right? Yes. <laughs> screen smash. No, but what I was going to point out was like when they when they trap Lady J. Yeah. Two robots come in and take the case away, but they have like these giant wind up things in their back. <laughs> Gigantic screws. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like like the big, you know, things, and it's no one I sees. Whose it. job is it to like wind those guys up? But they must have like forearms like Popeye. Like, look, it's like the ten soldiers over there. What the hell are they doing <laughs> carrying a couch? Because right. that's what it says on the box. It says couch. Couch. Yeah. Right. No. No one. I, I'm pretty sure if I was walking through a mall and I saw two, two like tin soldiers carrying a box, I'd be a little curious what the hell. Yeah, they're like well, nothing to see here. Well, especially when it says couch and you hear someone banging on the inside, going "Let me out!" Because they don't drug her or anything. It's no. Just, oh yeah, she's just out. in the box. She's inside just box. like going for the ride, nice and quiet. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll go along. I'm okay. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So I'm now. Out. So now we, yeah, well, now we're over to uh, Cobra's base, and we have watching over a group of firebat pilots, eels, and televipers uh, next to a bunch of hiss tanks is uh, Cobra Commander. A uh, trapdoor opens under Cobra, the Cobra leader, and a dummy of Cobra Commander is lifted up to the podium. Which, who installed this trapdoor? Like, how did they sneak in just to build this trapdoor under where Cobra Commander is? You're applying so much logic. <laughs> That's what we do. So Destro says how he hates the elaborate procession of the troops and his lack of understanding why Cobra Commander enjoys it. Then he taps Cobra Commander on the shoulder and his head and Cobra Commander's head springs off and dema- uh, Destro demands that security alert uh, be alerted. Uh, and as this is going on, four of the Game Master's robots who are dressed up as Cobra Polar troop- Troopers escort a missile away from the podium. Because no one will notice that. Yeah, right. I remember those clown Cobra Troopers always kind of creep me out a bit. Yeah. Why, just... why are clowns always like five o'clock shadow? That's what makes them so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> They're big Flintstones fans. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Fred always, it was like a cartoon thing. They always have a, a big shadow around their yeah. face. Yeah, they do. They, um, I don't know, but Poltergeist freaked me out with clowns. Oh. With the little oh, doll yeah. that wrapped its... Yeah, that was demented. And then It, Stephen King's It with Tim Curry as uh, Pennywise the Clown. And I've never seen that because even the cover of the, the video like creeped me yeah. out as a kid. I wasn't even going to uh, touch it's, it. Yeah, it's messed up. I would I will never stick my arm... Not that I have a reason to, but I wouldn't. I will never stick my arm down a storm drain ever because of that movie. <laughs> I was going to say, how often are you doing that? <laughs> how much How much trains are you dropping? <laughs> <laughs> Usually my phone and my keys. He's just like compulsively walking down the street and sees the storm drain. He's like, oh, I've got to do it. <laughs> I want to stick my arm down there, but I, I can't. know I can't help myself. <laughs> so then we're at Joe headquarters. <laughs> segue right into that. That's a really weird neuroses. <laughs> uh, Gung Ho tells Duke and Scarlet that it's quite unlike Flint and Lady J to leave town without some sort of notification. Scarlet gets the rules, isn't it? No point. Yeah, usually. Top secret organization. Nah, just go whenever you want. No big deal. Well, as we're finding out from this cartoon, there's, they're not as top secret as we thought they were. Man. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Scarlet concludes that Cobra is somehow involved while Destro reaches the opposite conclusion after declaring Zartan's accusations of leadership of a leadership coup uh, as an absurd thought. So everyone's blaming everybody else. And then it turns into a slap fest, but that happens out, out of camera. We don't see right. <laughs> so on an island inside a house, uh, blanketed with crossword blocks on the outside, uh, Flint. Lady yeah, did Gay. you see the island? Looks like like a Mario World or something. Yeah, Maybe I was thinking like Willow Wonka. Maybe <laughs> torpedoes there. <laughs> exactly, and like a, a dead floating quick kick, like on the surface of the water. <laughs> So we have Flint, Lady J, and Cobra Commander, and the Baroness uh, cover their ears at extremely loud cuckoo clock chirps. Uh, everyone climbs out of their enormous cribs <laughs> that's filled like with you stuff. Do. <laughs> yeah, like you do. <laughs> <laughs> and they listen to an unseen game master as he welcomes them to his very simple game, where the winner is the one who finds a helicopter on the island and flies away. Uh, Flint answers. Yeah, exactly. Flint asks what happens to the losers, and the game master says they die. They die. Yep. And then he laughs all weird. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he reminds I'll me say, of I'll say again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you heard it. <laughs> well, and the game master too, as we find out later, he reminds me of a combination of like arcade from you know the X Men yeah. villain and the Kingpin. Yeah, just kind of the way he's dressed, and, and like the, um, the agent from Tropic Thunder that Tom Cruise plays. Right. <laughs> it's kind of a mix between all those guys. And exactly like that. And King Kong because he's just freaking enormous. Yeah. Um. So toy soldiers run into the room and aim their weapons at the prisoners. Cobra Commander shouts for someone to do something. Moments before the toy soldiers fire, uh, Flint yells at everyone to dive to the ground. Uh, the shot strikes the glass window, and Flint yells for everyone to evacuate since the toys are not using uh, toy ammo. While the Baroness, Flint, and Lady J move through the broken window and over a hill, Cobra Commander falls down the window and tumbles down the hill. Which has me convinced that Cobra Commander and Bazooka are related. What? Because what? this seems like a move that Bazooka would do. Just tumble down the hill when everyone else is able to run down the no, hill. No, it's true. Bazooka does fall out of many windows, many hills, many everything. I mean, Bazooka. Door. <laughs> Door. So. Bazooka and Tripwire are easily the clumsiest Joes, but Cobra Commander here. It's pretty ridiculous. I love, I love the shot when he's just laying sprawled out on the on the ground. He's just like face plant. So after the Joes and Cobras decide to go their separate ways, uh, Ace Radio's breaker that he is flying over Greenland is told to keep his eyes open for Cobra's forces. Uh, a Cobra Polar Trooper spots Ace and Cobra missiles uh, strike the Sky Striker. Which again. Again. <laughs> which I know we got crap from uh, Jason Adams for picking on Ace, but... How many times does the guy have to crash a plane? I know. We're we're gonna have to this is another thing we gotta keep track of. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna have to count those. I mean he is their their number one pilot and we don't think he ever went to aviation school. <laughs> it's a little sad how many I mean, if you've had yeah, a guy that has crashed or been shot down over a dozen times, is he really your number one pilot? 
But don't they mention that in one of the cartoons? Like out of one of the ones that we're watching, don't they make that joke? Like, they mention it in this one. Parachuting yeah. to safety, Ace tells himself that the destroyed plane was a third one in the past month, and Duke's, <laughs> and Duke's gonna be quite upset. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it, it was right in that exact moment. But yeah, it's it, we found out that he didn't go to flight school, but he did go to survival school. Because <laughs> Very helpful for a pilot. Right. That especially, sucks. Especially if you're going to crash land on islands. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> All the frickin'. So yeah, I got to go back and do my homework on, on that one, see how many times he's, he's crashed. So... Um, and so, then you have to count those three because I don't know that those were technically right in cartoons. So that would be an additional three on top of this one. So this episode counts as four. Four, right? <laughs> Six and then twenty-eight and thirty-two. Carry the five. Yes. <laughs> don't forget so, your remainder. <laughs> so Ace pulls off his helmet, pulls out a gun, and begins to walk into the misty area ahead of him. However, he's soon surrounded by his tanks, and he drops his helmet and gun and tells Destro that he can take a hint. Because um, he learned that from Duke. Yeah, exactly. Survival training. This- <laughs> Surrender first, ask questions later. Right. As uh, Flint and Lady J stroll around the island, they learn that the forestry is made up of candy and marshmallows. And sweater vests. Yes. <laughs> but so Wallace and Gromit are there. They're eating cheese. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of Willy Wonka. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was yeah, waiting Because there's the Chocolate River or whatever yeah. it is. I was waiting for pure imagination to start playing and Oompa Loompas to show up. <laughs> um, as soon as Lady J stops to smell a bonbon berry bush, uh, like the, bar- right. <laughs> the Baroness uses a candy cane to hook Lady J and pull her into a pool. Whoop. Right. Cobra Commander and the Baroness pick up shorter sticks of the candy canes and rush forward to attack Flint. However, he swats the Cobras aside and knocks Cobra Commander into the same pool as Lady J. Next best scene ever. <laughs> no, my favorite bit though is like, uh, um, I go ahead. Well, isn't, isn't this the part it might, maybe I'm thinking of a different scene, but is this the part where like Flint like goes, does like a handstand grabs Cobra Commander by his feet and flips him? No, that's uh, it's the Baroness he does that to. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. Yeah, she tries to kick him. He does a handstand, catches her foot, and throws Whoa. her. Yeah. I was like, wow, that is some amazing fighting skills right there. But what, isn't this the scene, though, where Lady J says we're in caramel or something, yes. and the Cobra Commander's like, it's butterscotch! butterscotch. <laughs> yeah. Like, it really matters. Yep. <laughs> As I'm drowning, I'm going to be bitching that it was butterscotch, not caramel. <laughs> Both of them are going to kill you, let's face it. Um, and this is also where we get Flint rolling around on the ground with the Baroness. Mm. Bikini. <laughs> the bikini. Right. Bikini. <laughs> so the Baroness and Flint agreed to rescue their foes. Uh, that's the only way they could agree that they wouldn't turn on each other. Uh now something we, really hot about Baroness holding out a giant candy cane for Lady J to grab onto. Grab it. <laughs> grab it. I'll bring. I'll pull you in. I'll pull you in. Well, I'm. I'm pretty sure some of these frames it looks like a strap on. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Sorry. 
Well, we can definitely say that that would be a comment Robert would have never said about on this show. <laughs> no, probably not. But <laughs> so, so it's a good thing we had Shannon here. <laughs> it's good cop, bad cop night on Star Jokes. <laughs> no. Uh, this is this is why he's yeah yeah he's beloved by many and <laughs> oh you're beloved me. you're beloved by some Larry. <laughs> so uh, Duke Gung Ho and an unnamed Joe emerge from uh, the water and remove a tarp from an awe striker. Yeah, he's got like a like, weird uh, mustache. Yeah. yeah, is he like some kind of French dude? <laughs> I don't What's know. What's up with a mustache? Well, that doesn't narrow down which Joe it is. Right. Well, no, it doesn't. But. So then we have Gung-Ho climbs aboard and picks up his gun saying, all right, Scarlet remembered to pack baby. <laughs> the Joes drive off into the swamp and drop uh, drop into Zartan's laboratory with two other Joes. Uh, Zartan and the techs immediately raise their hands and Zartan begins uh, begs them not to shoot, <laughs> otherwise he might hit the vials, which are filled with the deadly swamp flu. There's going to be an issue later where they talk about Zartan as being like the one of the deadliest guys or something like that. And I've only ever seen Zartan being a complete wuss. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's always one of the first to escape. Yep. So the Game Master tells Coco that the next part of the game will be a real ho-ho. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Coco. Ho-ho. 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 <laughs> You like black meat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> wow. No, that was totally appropriate. Well, it's ho-hos. <laughs> right. Um, that was probably her name. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Coco the ho-ho. <laughs> Coco the ho-ho. <laughs> so... Flint makes an offer to Cobra Commander and the Baron <laughs> that he will fly the helicopter <laughs> and send help. However, Cobra Commander rejects the offer since he believes that Flint won't send anyone back. Cobra Commander states that he will fly to his base and sends troops back to rescue those left behind. But the Baroness tells Cobra Commander <laughs> that not even she believes him. That's the best. <laughs> okay, I have to point out, because I'm watching it while you guys are talking about it. Yeah. But those pants make Flint's ass look huge. It's enormous. It's such high-waisted <laughs> pants, man. Are you watching that? I'm a are little you, scared of the through? fact that you guys both notice Flint's huge ass. What's well, no, like right well, in front of everybody? Well, I'm and, watching it right now. I mean, I've got it up. But it's just right. like, they're not the flattering pants that they should be. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's, you know, oh, I'm your middle-aged uncle, and I'm going to help you through Wonderland. You know? <laughs> It's it's Charlie's grandfather. It is. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> That's fine. So Cobra Commander demands to know which side the Baroness is on, and she replies with a sneer that she is on her own side. So uh, a robot dragon emerges and stomps towards the Joes and attempts to burn them with flames shooting from its nostrils. Uh, the Joes and Cobras evade the fire and retreat, but Cobra Commander falls down and cries for help. Flint stops and runs back towards the dragon, telling uh, Lady J, who's telling him not to do it, that G.I. Joe is dedicated to saving lives, even Cobra Commanders. Uh, Flint throws a rock that strikes the head of the dragon. A rock the size of a boulder? (laughs) Yet when it hits the dragon, it's like the size of a pebble. (laughs) 
being yeah yeah no the other thing too is like cobra commander falling over like how incredibly unathletic is he he's got lady J in heels right you know uh baroness barefooted they just completely beat him in a foot race <laughs> and then cobra commander just falls down he's like Wah. i told you he's related to bazooka man <laughs> <laughs> so uncoordinated they're like brothers so um cobra commander had uh so that distracts the dragon, escapes, right? Yeah, and Flint, uh, the dragon turns towards Flint, and Flint utters, uh-oh, it worked. <laughs> the, uh, the dragon <laughs> uh-oh. fires a... Uh-oh. The dragon fires a blast towards Flint, who dodges the flames but falls to the ground. Uh, and then the dragon picks up Flint with a mouthful of land and starts chewing the dirt and then drops the remains. Flint falls to the ground, and mechanical pallbearers pick him up and put him in a casket, carry him away. <laughs> the end. The end. Flint was a much beloved Joe. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Which, let's face it, he would have died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. From that height. From the height, Getting from being crunched. crunched. Yeah. I know. You just hear <laughs> as he's chewing away. So the plane flies over the remaining prisoner, uh, over the remaining prisoners, uh, dragging a banner that states, one down, three to go. Lady J states that I love how he's got these banners all laid out and ready. <laughs> yeah. So as soon as they die, and the next person that goes two down, <laughs> your next Cobra Commander, you know, it's like these like banners circling. are already. Right. I know, just waiting There's for the a... chance to fly over. Yeah. <laughs> SWAT team one, go! <laughs> it was it's not till years go, later go, go. in the. It's not till years later in the Hunger Games they realize, oh, we could just shoot a cannon, and then we know they're all done. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Yeah, I never thought I'd hear a Hunger Games reference on this show. <laughs> that made sense. Right. <laughs> so Lady J states that none of this can be happening. She's, her eyes are tearing up. Uh, the Baroness places a hand on Lady J's shoulder and tells her that Flint was a good fighter and that she not, should not uh, feel sorrow, only revenge for the accursed Game Master. Now, in the porn version, this is where other things happen. <laughs> They're there. <laughs> this is trying to comfort her. Let me let me bring you in closer. The Cobra Commander's just standing off in the back. Like, continue. <laughs> Eventually, Cobra Commander just has his silver mask on. Nothing else. <laughs> what? Wait, what? <laughs> what? What? Too far? Too much? <laughs> too far? Yeah, I can't believe you went there. That's disgusting. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Ryan. All right, so moving on. <laughs> so in a snowy mountain base, Destro threatens Ace to tell him where Cobra Commander can be found or he will use extreme measures. Ace tells Destro that he doesn't know anything about missing Cobra agents and then demands that Cobra releases Flint and Lady J. Destro then receives a note from a televiper who explains that Zartan has been captured by Joes and that the Joes will trade Zartan for Flint and Lady J. Destro, of course, laughs at this. Uh, Gung Ho threatens Zartan to confess the location of the missing Joes or he will force Zartan to drink a vial of the swamp flu. Uh, just as it's happened, as it always seems to happen in these episodes, Destro appears on the screen and explains just in the nick of time that the third party is responsible for their missing personnel. Duke asks why they should believe uh, and trust Destro and ordering a trio of Crimson Guards who snuck up behind the Joes Destro tells them to lower their weapons, and Duke decides to trust Destro because of this. Which, I almost wanted to count this as a capture for Duke. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
He's he's at gun he's at gunpoint. It was so <laughs> close, but Destro called it off. Right. Yes, it's so easy. It's not even fun anymore. Just put your guns down. <laughs> he's just gonna give up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the pallbearers stop at a grave with a tombstone located near the game master's house, and Flint swings open the lid of the coffin, leaps out, and tackles all six of the robots into the grave. <laughs> Flint is amazing. <laughs> The Baron. That's a hammer plot. <laughs> <laughs> so the Baroness and Lady J discover the helicopter. Cobra Commander rushes forward to fly the helicopter after telling Lady J that he would leave two def- uh, defenseless women on their own. But he's tackled to the ground by Baroness. Lady J tries to run to the helicopter, but her foot is caught by Cobra Commander. The Game Master drives a large lawnmower over the helicopter. And towards the three players that are left, he tells Coco, if there's one thing I hate, it's mowing the lawn. Yeah, but that whole scene, like where they're tackling each other. Yeah. Bikini. <laughs> Do I? He said bikini. bikini. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trying to hold back this feeling for so long. Wow. Sorry. There you go. That's all I could think. I was just like, I was like, what the heck? Here's the funny part about that. I wasn't sure if it was you or Shannon that was playing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I find funny about that scene is it's one of those push mowers. Yes. <laughs> I, so I don't know why I find that amusing. <laughs> What's pushing like, it? And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like enormous and why isn't it's it? It's like not a even John a motorized Deere. one or anything. Yeah, yeah, it's not like a John Deere riding mower. It's like. Did you ever have to do one of those push mowers? Oh yeah. It's a bitch. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. Right. I had, I had a grandfather who I went and would mow his lawn every week, and he had one of those, and he asked me if I wanted to try using it one time, and I did, and I was like... Oh, first mistake. Yeah, I was like, I didn't use it, I only used it for like one or two back and forth, and I was like, no, nah, I'll use the mechanical. He's just inside <laughs> laughing. He's like, ha, ha, ha. Right. He's like, that's what your dad used. I was like, well, good for my dad. <laughs> so, um, as the Game Master laughs while watching the lawnmower chase the Baroness, Lady Jane, and Cobra Commander, Coco begins to laugh. And commenting that it's been such a long time since he's heard his companion laugh, the Game Master turns around and sees Flint. Flint is grabbed by the Game Master and thrown against the wall... <laughs> Damn. But he recovers, runs at the Game Master, but bounces off the man's gut and is slammed against the wall again. <laughs> and we've seen Flint's superhuman strength, right? He's right. lifted boulders, yeah, he's, just, he's tackled, well, he tackled six, six robots. robots yeah. <laughs> right. And here's the thing. The Game Master is like 20 feet tall. <laughs> yeah, no, when, when Flint tries to grab his leg a little later on, he's yeah. the size of his leg. Yeah. yeah. And they don't ever explain that. It's just that's how big he is. <laughs> Yeah, he's never like a mutant or a guy trapped yeah. in a robot body or anything. He's like freakishly that. huge, right? You know, you know what I got to point out though is because I'm, I'm watching it is have you, you ever go back and notice that all the computer keyboards <laughs> in GI Joe are just like giant random squares and yes. they never have any name like letters or anything on the keyboards. They're just uh, like punching just, squares. And every time there. you punch a square, it lights up like like yeah. the Billy Jean sidewalk or something. It's like yes. right. The only time that you will see something labeled is when it is pertinent to the plot. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like terrible names, too. But right. I'm just saying it's like the keys are like six-inch squares. So you've got a, like a keyboard that's like the, the size of a Buick that you've got to run up and down to like type an email on. 
Yeah, and I think Robert and I talked about that one time when they did the animals. They yeah, had I was just all, thinking that they all had the pictures animals. of each animal. They had pictures of each animal, and somehow Cobra could control every animal in the world. And I was like, that keyboard would have to go around the room. Well, it, and then it was like, uh, but he had to make sure it was the right animal first. So he looks at the picture. It's like a preschool like puzzle. <laughs> right. Dude. Well, you know, it's kind of like when you check out at McDonald's and they have pictures of the burgers on the thing. Right. So, um, yeah. So, anyways, we have uh, catching sight of Lady J on the monitor. Flint rushes towards the control panel and tries to stop the lawnmower. Before he is attacked by the Game Master again, Flint grabs the right leg of the man. Yeah, that's the the one I was talking about. Yeah, exactly. And he causes him to fall onto the laughing Coco, who is destroyed now. Thank God. (laughs) Flint Flint pushes more buttons, rips the joystick off the control pad, and stops the lawnmower. Take that out of context and say it again. (laughs) Flint pushes more buttons, rips the the joystick off the control pad. (laughs) Alrighty. (laughs) Kicking his feet and pounding the ground with his fists... Uh, while on his back, the Game Master declares that Flint cheated and then quickly escapes. Do you ever notice these guys are always have, like, the mentality of a two-year-old? Yes. <laughs> and, you know, like, the supervillains like Cobra Commander, the Game Master, all these guys are, like, roll on the ground and cry. Well, yeah, but look and at then, what they do. But somehow guy... they amass these armies of, like, 500,000 people that are willing <laughs> to die for them. Right. Yeah, and or, well, like, the Game Master, like, none of this could have been cheap. I mean, he's got to be... A, Multi-billionaire, yeah, yeah, but nobody's ever heard of him. Right. And not only that, but, like, Cobra Commander spends all his time building models, and this guy spends all his time building, like, games and... But I'm just thinking, like, if if these guys have this kind of money, they throw these kind of tantrums, these are the same guys that you're standing behind at Starbucks that, like, bitch out their order to the barista (laughs) about, like, I didn't ask for no sprinkles on this bitch, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, there's a room full of, like, 20 people that want to beat him up. Yet somehow Cobra Commander gets five hundred thousand people to take a bullet for him. I don't. I don't understand how the psychology <laughs> on this works. So uh, yeah, I've never understood how anyone would want to follow Cobra Commander. It just doesn't make any sense. At least the Game Master has like robots following him. They don't have a choice. Uh, I think. I think it's the. I mean, they get paid. They have uh, sweet workout facilities in the Arctic. They have all kinds of great things. <laughs> well, that in the bikini. Right. <laughs> They're all standing in the room watching her. They didn't show you that scene. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were off to the right. <laughs> um, so Flint radios Joe headquarters and tells the Joes to zero in on his signal before it goes dead. Breaker loses contact with Flint, but finds out where he's located. Duke orders a strike force to be dispatched and tells Breaker to contact Cobra since they did make a deal. Uh, so we have Rattlers and Sky Strikers attack the Game Master's Island, and the defenses are activated. So you get a bunch of toy biplanes, battleships, and missiles are launched. This is like the biggest air battle, I think, in the in the history of the show so far. Yeah. yeah. And it's with these ridiculous toy planes. Like, why can't they put this much effort into a real, like, Cobra versus <laughs> Chad Joe battle? Yeah. And then we have Ace shows up, and he actually does something. He actually knocks a ship out. In the Game Master's Harbor, which once I saw Ace, I was like, oh, no. Uh, there's one There's one Sky Striker down. <laughs> and uh, Duke and Destro destroy the missile launchers. Uh, Cobra and Joe forces parachute from the transport planes and attack the ground forces on the island. Uh, Zartan and Scarlet dodge the shots by toys and toss grenades at their foes, destroying them. Uh, laughing with satisfaction, Zartan helps Scarlet up from the ground and tells her 
that she is a great fighter. Mm. <laughs> um, inside the control room, the Game Master blames Flint since all of his toys are broken. However, before the Game Master attacks Flint, a door is destroyed by Duke, Destro, Gung-Ho, and several Cobra agents. The Game Master runs away, and the robots holding Flint attack the Joes and Cobras. Flint tells... Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, like, all the robots look like extras from Schoolhouse Rock cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the generic cop, the generic mom, right. the generic... Mer- sorry. <laughs> so uh, Flint tells Duke where the Game Master went, and Duke leads several Cobras and Gung-Ho to it in a chase while Flint shows Destro that Cobra Commander and Baroness are really, uh, are really knee deep in a marshmallow swamp, uh, a sight that causes Destro to throw back his head and laugh. Uh, several of the Joes and Cobras chase the game master. However, he escapes in a slingshot launched flying saucer. <laughs> and then and he goes about 20 yards and crashes. <laughs> he skips like a stone. <laughs> <laughs> And he promises revenge as he flies away, which the first thought I had in my head was, please, God, don't do another yeah. episode with the, gl- yeah. the Game exactly. Master. <laughs> I don't know. I like his plot. <laughs> Bikini. Yes. <laughs> so on the island, Cobra Commander tells the Joes that if they were to combine their forces, they would be an unbeatable force. And Flint says, you think so? We almost got greased by toy soldiers. Cobra Commander points at Flint and tells him, that he has had enough of his sarcasm for one day and tells them to leave. Flint agrees to leave, however, Cobra Commander once again debates on the plan of who should be leaving first. And thus ends the episode. <laughs> yeah, so then they're still there. Apparently they never leave. <laughs> right. <laughs> and an endless paradox created by Cobra Commander. But Flint's pants are fitting better. <laughs> a little bit. Like he must have hiked them down just a bit, a couple well, inches. I, I think he washed them. They shrunk up a little bit. <laughs> it was that butterscotch just like <laughs> tightened them up on. I think I need to call this episode Flint's Pants. <laughs> no, no, it's Baroness's Bikini. In the Marshmallow Swamp. <laughs> marshmallow Swamp. All right, so you guys ready for the next one? No, wait, wait. I, w- I just want to hang on to that thought for a second. <laughs> <laughs> what, Flint? Okay, yeah, we can move on. I, I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, we're good. I, yeah, but he's talking about Flint's pants. <laughs> oh, no. You guys were talking about Flint's pants. I'm just saying he had a nice ass. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's right up there with Gene Kelly. <laughs> Those high pants. American in Paris. It's the best ass in Hollywood. All right, so. <laughs> wow. That's what my wife always says. So, so on to a Marv Wolfman episode. <laughs> yeah. Moving along. What? 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 So, anything else you wanted to say about the Game Master episode? A bikini. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I knew that would be the one yeah. thing more you had to say. Yes. All right. So we have uh, Lasers in the Night Sky, and this is by Marv Wolfman. Um, which I can't say that writing G.I. Joe is his best thing he's ever done. <laughs> I can um, think of a list of things that Marvel Wolfman has done better. But uh, let's get into this episode. And this plays into my whole thing about G.I. Joe is not exactly the covert operation <laughs> that we think it is. Man. Well, they go back and forth on this a little bit. Because, yeah. 
but it's like everybody knows about it. Right. Yeah. Well, oh, oh, I'm but, writing but, a term paper on GI Joe. I know exactly. <laughs> so we have Amber shushes her friend Sandy, who rates a night class on Greek mythology as a twelve on the yawn scale. They leave class, but stop when the two spot a sign advertising a GI Joe martial arts expedition. Yeah. Enthusiasts. Yeah. <laughs> Come see the G.I. Joe Martial Arts Expedition. What's G.I. Oh. Joe? Well, we'll explain it to you there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're a, co- we're a covert secret op- operation. <laughs> right. You've never on heard of random us. martial arts ex- exhibitions at uh, colleges around the country. And before you leave, you must sign a uh, non-disclosure. <laughs> <Not agreement. laughs> yeah. You forget everything you saw. So uh, enthusiastic about seeing the uh, people who really do make history. Amber attends the show while Sandy elects to go hunk, hein- hunk hunting. Uh, okay, Amber's not going to do well, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's be honest. <laughs> well, Sandy's not going to do well. <laughs> Amber will do just fine. But... Oh, well, San- Sandy's the redhead. Yes. Okay, all right, so she, Sandy's not going to Yeah, she's the 12 on the on scale. <laughs> <Okay>. Right. <laughs> she's the frumpy one. Yes. Okay. Yes. She is the opposite of Robert's sister. She's the okay, she's the wingman. <laughs> so in the gym, Quick Kick explains that martial arts is not simply fighting, but a discipline as well. He chops a chain in half and spars with some partners that are there. Which I've never seen. Shannon, you have a little bit more experience with martial arts. Have you ever seen someone chop a chain in a metal chain in half with their bare hands? Oh, but that's how we warm up. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> I will we just go around helping people, like, unlock their bikes. And, you know, <laughs> give it a different <laughs> It's like I hurt my hand on a training pad. I don't know what the hell these people are doing. <laughs> so Quick Kick asks for a volunteer from the audience uh, for a friendly sparring match, and Amber leaps from her seat and shouts me several times while walking down the stairs. Uh, promising to go easy on her, uh, Quick Kick flips her to the ground in their first round. However, Amber quickly climbs to her feet. Uh, as Quick Kick attacks her again, she punches him in the stomach, evades his advance, and kicks him in the back. <laughs> which, which shows his expertise uh, pretty quickly. Like, we all know how Quick Kick even joined the G.I. Joes. I'm surprised they let him go and represent them as an organization. Right. He just like showed up one day, just came walking in with snake eyes on a donkey, I think. I don't even yeah, know, like, yeah, that is how it how happened. Worked out. Isn't that Nestor, the long eared mule? Wasn't that how that went? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Well, I'm thinking after this fight, after this fight, I think Quick Kick's probably been dismissed from the Joes. <laughs> Maybe that's why they send him on the mission. Maybe that's yeah, why they yeah. put him out there. It's like, he's useless. Just. Have him do well, PR. See, that's what I was wondering because then later on in another episode, him, him and uh, Bazooka are like training, like, like they're training some other recruit GI Joes. But I think they just send them off on these types of missions to keep them away from like the real stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it's like uh, go pick up coffee. <laughs> <Go> <laughs> hey, teach while you're this, out, yeah. go teach this martial arts expedition and don't tell them it's don't tell them we're. We're G.I. Joe. And then yeah, but then on the sign, he's like, G.I. Joe? <laughs> then Quick Kick goes to the college and says, well, what should the sign say? It should say, G.I. Joe Marshall Expedition. <laughs> but you know what? I'm say. watching the episode as we speak, and I'm wondering, why do why does Quick Kick nipples keep moving around? 
It's like, he's like flexing his pecs as he talks. He's like, well, like they're walking off into the sunset, sunrise, somewhere, whatever. <laughs> and this thing, it's like a little brown dot on his chest that just keeps floating around. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know if it's a fly. Is it a nipple? No, he's, what is he's, he's flexing his pecs like dueling banjos oh, okay. as he talks to her. Right. <laughs> That's how he entrances her. I'm exactly. Confused by the nipple movement. It's like Batman 4 or whatever it was with George Clooney. <laughs> so Quick Kick asks where she learned move, uh, her moves, and as Amber extends her hand to help him up, uh, he pulls her forward and flips her onto the ground. Uh, then after everything's over, running down the hall and not knowing Amber's name, Quick Kick calls out Gorgeous, hey, Gorgeous. And she knows uh, it's her. Right. She tells him that her name is Amber, and he asks her uh, if she would like to go get something to eat or maybe catch a movie. Uh, Quick Kick and Amber dance the night away. However, Quick Kick sleeps through the ballet while Amber sleeps through the baseball game. So it seems like they're a real match made in heaven there. Oh, yeah, perfect. Sad in these baseball games that happen at 3 a.m. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> like, like, it all time. happens in one night, you know. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I think she's both. having a good time. She just wants him to take his shirt off again. Take right. Off. <laughs> Show me that random nipple <laughs> <laughs> that keeps floating around. So you don't you don't even recognize Quick Kick. All you all you recognize is how terrible his hair is. <laughs> Until he takes his shirt off again, you're like, oh yeah, that was Quick Kick. It is kind of a comb over situation going yeah, on. Yeah, it's terrible. It? It's like a mullet comb over thing. <laughs> I'm really kind of scared because you guys keep talking about Flint's pants and Quick Kick's hair. I'm just saying. Don't forget his nipples. <laughs> and his nipples, yeah. <laughs> get to this. Get to the scene where he's rubbing the side of her head for no apparent reason. <laughs> With his so, baby hands. So on a boat, on a boat ride, Amber tells Quick Kick that she wants to join GI Joe, and he tells Amber how dangerous Cobra can be. Yeah, because he's like in that scene, he's just like rubbing the side of her head. Yeah. You're just rubbing it like it's like real slowly on the side of the face. It's like if I if I rub enough, maybe a genie will come out. <laughs> it's like the most unromantic thing on the planet. It's like all the animators have never been on a date. <laughs> Which might be true. I'm just saying. Try it with your wife sometime. Just <laughs> just rub rub her on the side of the head, everyone. I have. <laughs> Less I know about that, the better. (laughs) So on an island with a volcano, Gung-Ho punches a snake. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile. As he attempts to evade Cobra agents who are wielding laser whips, and they slice a tree trunk. Yeah, they slice a tree trunk, but then they wrap wrap it around it. Yeah, they wrap it around it. it. And then Gung-Ho's in like six pieces. The end. (laughs) Like, quick side plot over. I just I, I remember actually laughing out loud when I saw Gung Ho run and just punch the snake in the face. Oh, that's the best. You can't get away How's with that in cartoons today. No. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, like the bikini episode would air. No, exactly. <laughs> no. You'd have PETA coming after you. Have them wrestle around some more and punch some snakes. <laughs> um, so Cobra Commander leader tells uh, Cobra Commander tells uh, Televiper not to kill Gung Ho yet. Which I think if he how is he still alive with the laser whip? It's a little too late, Cobra Commander. Yeah, I know he's already. uh, So as the Baroness walks with Cobra Commander, she compliments him for his laser whip invention. (laughs) (laughs) Did he invent it? If so, he should have a higher morality than that. Oh, oh, she's not talking about the whip. (laughs) Oh my god. 
You ever know? Well, in that scene, they're walking through the the like communications room or something. You ever notice how much room there are in these covert bases? <laughs> I mean, like the living in DC, d- living in DC, square footage is very important. <laughs> you know, and these like communications, like all the desks are against the outside wall, so there's like enough room to play an NFL football game right in the middle. Well, see, what they need is they need room for Cobra Commander to build his models. Exactly. Oh, okay. And with all that room, I mean, Baroness is like joined at the hip. It's Cobra yeah. Commander, I mean, she is like always <laughs> just right on him. Well, that's why I'm surprised. Like, rent that out. You know, let's have like some corporate <laughs> office, corporation <laughs> meetings going on. Right. Make a little side money. She makes them, yeah, and you wouldn't need to take over the world. You could just buy it. I know. So uh, he tells her that she, uh, he needs her to steal something for him. Uh, and then we go to a building that's burning in the night, uh, which is what's left of the Joe's Electronics Lab. And Duke leads a team of four in a Dragonfly helicopter, uh, or a bunch yeah. of Dragonfly <laughs> helicopters. To the ground. You can understand why I'd make the mistake, because sometimes you can fit nine. Sometimes you can't. Apparently, <laughs> you can fit them all in there, yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Lady J, Bazooka, Duke, and Scarlet enter the fiery lab, and Lady J runs to the sound of a voice crying for help, which this part cracked me up, because she was the first one in the building, and everyone else was behind her. And yeah. didn't she start, like, calling out for, like, Duke or one of the people, or Scarlet or something like that? And I'm like, Scarlet was behind you. Why do you think she's now in the burning building <laughs> in front of you? Yeah. Didn't make any sense to me. Waspowski! <laughs> <laughs> right? However, Isn't it like an alien? Yes. 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 Okay. However, uh, she's knocked out. Lady J's knocked out. And oh. uh, Bazooka finds her and the Joes retreat from the building before it collapses to the ground. Uh, they all catch sight of a Cobra Rattler flying away and Duke hazards a guess that Cobra was after the Joes' new guidance system, which was moved to Joe headquarters. i got to point this out. In that scene... Yeah, Duke has double collars. Oh, <laughs> he's, wearing, he's wearing two shirts. Yeah. <laughs> you should pop them up, man. <laughs> pop the collar. I, I love animation mistakes like that. Yeah, but yeah, he's, he's sporting double collars. He's and so I like, cool. I like how uh, Bazooka's holding Lady J too when he's carrying her. Like she's oh just my God. dangling from his arm. There's no support for her head or anything. He's just like <laughs> bending her back in half. Just like I have a woman. <laughs> Well, it is bazooka, so... She suffered a shot to the spine, so, yeah, I'm just going to carry her in the most awkward way possible. I know. <laughs> they're which, like, bazooka said a sentence with three words. Good job, bazooka. Which might might be why Lady J's in the infirmary later. <laughs> I know, exactly. She's like, my, I don't know, my, my head doesn't hurt at all, but my back, it's killing me. <laughs> I can't feel my toes. I know. <laughs> so, so Quick Kick delivers some flowers to Lady J, who, as I mentioned, is in the infirmary, Tells her to get well soon, and Lady J uh, jokes with Kick saying that uh, that he should probably, uh, hopefully his girlfriend won't be jealous. And he tells uh, Scarlet that his new girlfriend uh, would rather not have those, or would rather have those flowers wrapped in enlistment papers. Okay, but Lady J is in the hospital bed. Mm-hmm. She's got an IV, but she's in her uniform. Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> take that off. Right. I, I don't get why I don't get the problem here, Shannon. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> is real American hero. Right. Yep. So a rope is lassoed around an antenna, and a black-clad female climbs the wall of the Joe headquarters. However, Breaker reports that an intruder is in Tunnel 13 to Duke and Bazooka, Quick Kick, Lady J, and Scarlet. 
Uh, the Joes confront the intruder who is unmasked and revealed to be Amber. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. Yeah, I know. I never saw that one coming. Uh, in an interrogation chamber, Amber tells the Joes that all she wanted to do was join the Joes. However, Quick Kick tells Duke in his best John Wayne impression, if you ask me, Pilgrim, I say we ought to string her up. <laughs> throwing her under the bus. Like, didn't they just kind of date? He's like, yeah. I don't know who she is. <laughs> right. And Duke declares the crisis is at an end and orders Quick Kick to give Amber the nickel tour, which I'm like, there's no way someone breaks into your base that you're just going to be like, yeah. oh, everything's fine. Well, Duke, Duke, for one thing, Duke's got his double shirt on again. <laughs> what is that? Not like, Did I miss this? Is it always like that? No. No. But it's like through this I, whole episode, like, he's got well, double collars. Yeah, that's true. It just keeps appearing. I don't know and what that is about. And it's just him, too. Well, I think it's supposed to be like the stitching on the outside of it, but they make it look huge. And then but sometimes it's like it looks totally like two separate collars. collars, though. It's like actually two physically different. Well, in some shots, like at a three quarter view, you can see that they draw it like it's two collars. But whenever you're looking straight on it, it looks like it's just the stitching. So I think they just misinterpreted the the design or something. I don't know. Oh, you can't trust South Korea at all. <laughs> are, you, are you girls done talking about? I'm just saying this is the last time we outsource this. <laughs> <laughs> right there will be no more mistakes after this we're drawing a line right. that's it just saying so they they visit the sky striker hangar and quick kick explains that security go, uh, codes for all the planes are changed every night and a tech notes that the code for the evening is 1069 because of course you would tell that with a civilian standing right there yeah, exactly let's announce that on the loudspeaker <laughs> Who's that girl dressed up as a ninja? Let me give you guys. Just in case anyone's wondering, the secret code tonight. <laughs> it's like they they say the lunch menu for the next day and the secret codes that night. <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow we'll have macaroni and cheese and chili, <laughs> and the security code is ten six nine. So Quick Kick says that that should cut down on uninvited guests. Uh, and Amber says, like me, quick kick. And then she turns and runs in tears. Oh, in your face. <laughs> quick kick follows her while Alice, which is the Sky Striker tech, tells Lady J that her plane will soon be ready up, uh, ready for an upgrade with the new guidance system. How come we don't see more of Alice? Alice? Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell yeah. is she? We never got a figure of Alice. I, I think we should get an yeah. action figure. Yeah, the, the Sky Striker tech, Alice. Right. <laughs> Looks like a long-haired Lady J. That should be the next uh, collector's club. I agree. Is Alice. I think Elaine should dress up as Alice. <laughs> At all the shows. And people are like, oh, yeah. Who are you? I, I'm Alice. Oh, it's Alice, Alice from that one episode. <laughs> I told everybody the security code. <laughs> it's like her claim to fame is utter incompetence. She should no. She should really like dress up as Alice, and then like if anyone can guess, she should have like some amazing prize because no one will <laughs> ever will guess. Oh yeah, brilliant. <laughs> so Scarlet, Bazooka, Breaker, Alpine, Roadblock, Dusty, Spirit, and Flint listen to Duke explain that Gung Ho's last transmission was received from a place called Snake Island because no one would ever think to look for Cobra on, on a place Island. on Snake Island. It's like, well, one who called it Snake Island and. Is, how do they know it's that? Is that just a... Well, I think what happened was thing? Cobra called it Snake Island, and then the last time Duke got captured, Cobra Commander let him know, hey, I've got this That's island right. for us. It's called Snake it's Island. It's called Snake Island, yeah. Right. And then they mowed it into the grass so you could see it from, from the satellite. 
So, um, and they pointed out that Gung Ho has most likely been captured. Uh, okay. Amber, <laughs> right? Amber bursts into the room and Quick Kick quickly apologizes for Amber's presence. Escorting her away, Quick Kick tells her that she's down to the Penny Tour now. Uh, Destro flies his fang towards Snake Island and, co- and contacts Cobra Commander, who explains that he just he arrived just in time to witness his latest stroke of genius. Destro flies his fang. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, okay. What's this gadget that Duke has? That's in the next scene. Um. Oh, so Duke, uh, Doc informs Duke that the long-range laser guidance system passed all the tests. Duke, and Duke picks up the device and states that the system could allow someone to shoot a gnat off the rings of Saturn. Uh, Amber and Quick Kick enter the room, and Quick Kick apologizes for showing up since he thought the Joes would be in the map room. Lady J tells Duke with a scratchy voice that she doesn't trust Amber. Uh, concerned with his teammate's health, Duke insists that uh, Lady J pays a visit to Doc. So... Was there something in particular? I don't remember what the device looked like. Was there something in particular about the device that made no, it? No, it's just, it's one of those, like, god-awful designs. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like a box with a half globe on it, and then it's got, like, a, a whisk okay. stuck into the top of it. <laughs> I think you should work that into the next A Real American Hero issue. I try to do that all the time. <laughs> like, I've, I've had, like, ColecoVision football things. <laughs> Right in like multiple issues, and no one's ever noticed it. Like no one's ever said, "Oh, that's a Coleco football." I had that when I was a kid. I love Coleco football. That was a great game. But yeah, it's in it's in uh, when I first started kind of filling in or doing stuff behind Robert on the GI Joe issues. Yeah, there was a, a an issue where the Baroness was captured at like Destro's castle oh, yeah. or somebody's yeah. castle. And she comes out of it, and she has this necklace on, and she takes it off, and they check it with this device, and it's a ColecoVision football thing. <laughs> That's awesome. And I no one s- said anything about it. I so need to go back and look at that now. Yeah, it's like issue eight or something. And I thought, oh, everybody will love this, you know. And and I guess I was just showing my age, and no one got it. <laughs> um, if I can find that issue with that image, I will make that the episode image. <laughs> I'm just so, saying. Uh, I think it might be issue like 17 of volume oh, is it one. that far back in? Is yeah, I far think so. Back? Okay. I'll, I'll find it. I got time. So. <laughs> yeah, but it, it always amazed me with these devices that they had in G.I. Joe. It was always kind of like you knew they, they went to the guy and said, we need something. Uh, you got an hour. <laughs> right. That's like all the guy came up with. And he like, went into his kitchen and said, I could put this with this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so, an egg timer and a whisk. <laughs> right. So the security code for the night 1069 is transmitted to Cobra's base on Snake Island and is 69. Uh, right. Um, and as soon, <laughs> and soon Cobra commander orders the Rattlers to attack Joe's base Destro enters the room. <laughs> wow. Destro enters the room and reminds Cobra Commander that their agreement states that he is to supply Cobra with all their weaponry. Cobra Commander explains that he has not violated the agreement and adds that he will show Destro and the entire world his plan starting tomorrow. Why do all the guys have masks on? Like, medical masks. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but do you notice that? Like, all the, all the like, assistants in the room had medical masks on. I think it's just a Cobra thing that they have to have that mask yeah. on their face. Okay. 
So. Like the troopers have the black ones and the right. scientists have the white ones. Right. It just looks like they're afraid of SAR. I think it's, it's like Cobra Commander has a fetish. He's like, cover your face. I don't want to see your lips. Everyone must wear masks. <laughs> All right. Just weird so, company policy. Right. But but we pay well and we have a great health plan. So, right, so stop complaining. <laughs> right. like, but if you go down to the, the recreational facility, you still have to wear your masks. <laughs> they do. They do. We'll get to yeah. that. Break. Oh, God, that drives me nuts. <laughs> so, Rattlers, <laughs> Rattlers drop bombs onto the Joe's uh, Sky Strikers again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Another fleet destroyed. Like, Another they fleet go through so many of these. It's ridiculous. Yep. They, should, they should do an episode about the guy that makes them. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like he's, he's got the closed circuit TV and he's like, chiching. <laughs> See, I almost picture him at this point. Not, he's probably already wealthy, and now he's just frustrated, and he's yeah, just like, exactly. "Son of a bitch!" And then he just starts outsourcing sky strikers to South Korea. It's like, it's like we can only make so many. So okay, um, all of them are destroyed except for Lady J's, and she flies into the air and is attacked by Cobra planes, but and is she shot down? Uh, Breaker tells Duke she's gone. Uh, infuriated Duke orders Breaker to get every Joe in the brief room, especially Quick Kick. Especially so, that slacker. <laughs> so in the break room, we have uh, Dusty, Cover Girl, Blowtorch, Airborne, Quick Kick, Spirit, Shipwreck, Mutt, Flash, Snake Eyes, Ace, and Roadblock. And they listed, just said the village people. Right. <laughs> that would have been fine. And they listen to Duke as he explains that Deep Six is currently looking for Lady J and that Joe's had a visitor who may have been a Cobra spy. Turning to Quick Kick, Duke tells him that he wants Amber brought in. Uh, Quick Kick enters the sorority house, which I'm sure is some place that Shannon really was happy to see. <laughs> he was he was, missing, he was missing Sandy. He's like, where's well, that Sandy? Sandy's hot. Yeah. <laughs> Sandy walks up to Quick Kick and asks if Quick Kick has a brother with shoulders like his, and he says, no, a sister. Uh, Sandy plays... (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. (laughs) He said he had a sister with shoulders like his. I'm just... Um, Sandy plays Amber's answering machine tape for Quick Kick since she sometimes leaves messages, and the two learn that Amber feels like the Joes believe her to be a Cobra spy, therefore she has gone to Snake Island to destroy it on her own. Which how, this, does, how does she get there? Right. I don't know. Number one, how does she know exactly where it's at? Although she did see it in the in that one meeting. I know, but and, does her dad work for Delta? There's like free airline trips for her or something? <laughs> it's Cobra Air. Like suddenly um, she's halfway also, around the why world. Does she suspect that, that G.I. Joe thinks she's a spy? Well, like she just made she that is. assumption. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. She's like jumping to conclusions. Right. So the first thing I would think of is they think I'm a spy. Let me go to the Cobra base because they certainly won't think I'm a spy if I travel there. Well, no matter what, I mean, she's shown initiative. She's already done way more than Quick Kick ever did to deserve to be on the GI team. That and she spent two grand on plane tickets to get Exactly. All he did was show up and quote terrible lines from movies. Right. So Cobra Commander shows Destro that his new laser, which has the Joe's guidance system, is uh, he's interrupted when a Cobra scientist sees Amber in a vent. Uh, an event. 
Right. The two <laughs> that's, cruising... that's that's big enough to have like the London tube in. <laughs> Seriously, this thing is huge. Yep. So two Crimson Guards capture Amber, and she sees Lady J, who tells Amber that she works for Cobra. Ripping off her mask, Lady J is revealed to be the Baroness. Which is one of the few times that, I mean, yes, it was pretty obvious, but it's one of the few times where the Baroness disguised as someone doesn't totally sound like the Baroness disguised as somebody. Well, yeah, it was because it was just Lady J's voice. Like, they had somebody that didn't have to be the same actress. Exactly. (laughs) Like, wow, she really worked on that accent. Exactly. So Quick Kick flies to Snake Island in a dragonfly. Amber is taken to a prison cell and meets the real Lady J as well as Gung Ho. Explain that Cobra Commander has a laser machine and is about to do something terrible. Amber watches Gung Ho struggle with the chains and then she chops them in <laughs> half since Quick Kick Completely could do it. emasculating Gung Ho, like in one strike. <laughs> and showing that what Quick Kick can do is not very impressive. <laughs> I know. Again, she should. I, I think they should drop Quick Kick and pick her up on the G.I. Joe team. Right. But only if she wears Quick Kick's outfit. Whoa. <laughs> hey That's even too far for me. I know. No, it's Come not. On. No, it's not. <laughs> so Quick Kick lands the helicopter after seeing Cobra Commander's laser hit the moon's surface and climbs down a ladder <laughs> before kicking a new a few Cobra agents off a platform. He enters the control room, evades the laser whips, which again don't slice him in half. Right. And watches uh them become knotted. Quick Kick is captured by several laser whips as soon as he stops to pick up the uh, laser whip handle that fell below him, and he tries to turn it on. So he was doing perfectly fine until he was like, well, let me try the laser whip. Yes. And then it didn't work. <laughs> you stick with what you know, all right? Bare feet and, and throwing exactly. stars. <laughs> <laughs> so Cobra Commander then reveals his plan, which is to carve his face into the moon. <laughs> Okay, but I'm pretty sure they did this on the tick. On the tick, right? Yes. It's like chair face. Chair face, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly who did it. Yep. So, so Commander's like, hey, I heard I heard about this great idea. <laughs> well, and I wonder if that's an homage to this episode, because obviously this came first before. I, yeah, yeah, it's got to be. I would be. love to ask Ben if that was the case. Yeah. So since the guard doesn't see uh, the Joes in in their cell, he goes inside and demands that Amber tells him where the other prisoners went. Gung-Ho, Lady J fall from the rafters in the ceiling, and Gung-Ho knocks the guard out. Uh, Lady J picks up the guard's rifle, and they, they run to the control room in order to stop Cobra Commander. Uh, when Quick Kick sees that Amber is alive, he kicks the guard, who loses control of the whip's coil around, uh, around him, the two embrace, and Quick Kick tells Amber that since there were no good movies on, he decided to rescue her. <laughs> She's like, oh, thanks. Yeah. So he's Command- such a charmer, I tell you. Oh, yeah. he's He's got away with the ladies. Uh, Cobra Commander orders his troops to attack. Uh, Quick Kick knocks three agents with one kick. And Destro and the Baroness retreat, and Cobra Commander follows yelling at them to wait for him. Quick Kick tells the Joes to follow him as he chases the Cobras who escape in uh, Cobra Fangs. Quick Kick and Amber uh, get aboard the Dragonfly and chase the trio of Cobras. Which is correctly drawn to only be able to carry two people. Two people, yeah, for once. 
So Amber shouts for Quick Kick to watch out for Destro, but the Cobra uh, agent shoots the tail of the dragonfly and tells the lovebirds to say their prayers. <laughs> Quick is like, thanks for watching my six. Right. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, look over there, and then they get shot down. What purpose do you serve? I think maybe Amber purposely wanted Quick Kick to crash, Probably. so this way she could take his spot on the Joe team. I think so. The uh, the two run out of the crashed helicopter and avoid Destro's shots, but Amber f- frees freezes as snakes begin to slither up her leg. Quick Kick pulls out the laser whip and destroys the landing rails on the Cobra Fang, and then he pulls the snakes off of Amber, which at this point are, like, crawling up to her head. Like, she is completely covered in snakes at this point. Well, I'm like, what attracted all those snakes to her and and not Snake Quick Kick? (laughs) And then when when, uh, Quick Kick, like, whips off the, the runners off the Fang... He just like cuts all the missiles that are attached to the runners, and they don't right. explode. Like that should no. just blow the cre- Destro out of the air, man. Just like. Wait, you know I just realized. I don't know if uh, it, Robert. I don't know how much you would recognize this, but maybe Ryan would. Larry's whole thing with the blue ninjas isn't it just the electric whip or whatever? Yeah. Is is that where he got it from? I have no idea. I highly doubt it. Because hmm. it's the same damn thing. It is. <laughs> But I just don't see Larry watching cartoons. No, so I don't think he's ever seen any of these. Well, he, he, yeah, he, he loves to tell the story that he never knew what, you know, knowing is half the battle meant. <laughs> it, that's what he said to me. He said, like, people said it to him for, like, 20 years, and he never knew what they were talking about because he never watched the cartoon. And he never decided to ask anyone or look into <laughs> it or... Have you ever yeah, he heard just, Larry he ask anybody about it? I know, exactly. <laughs> Does it like, smile or nod at you? Ask, you know... <laughs> Uh, all right i'm sorry all right so back at joe headquarters duke apologizes for pegging amber as a spy duke then explains that if she would like to join the joe team they would be happy to have her aboard which again this is all it takes to join the joe team yeah you don't have to have any cred nope uh extremely excited amber states that she would like to join uh more than anything in the world however she has had enough excitement for one night and maybe she will after uh, join the Joes after she finishes school. Uh, like if as, nothing else, she should get reimbursed for the two thousand dollars plane ticket to get it. You know, <laughs> what's so, a new wallet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's getting miles. Oh, didn't it, didn't they they talked about that? Like a GI Joe Express card? Didn't Alpine talk about that? Yes. <laughs> I never like, leave home without it. That's right. So as Amber rests her head against Quick Kick's chest. He tells her that he did a little fix-up work. Exploding wow. nipples. <laughs> well, she's like leaning right up against his throwing stars. She's like, yep. oh, uh, ow, ouch, my face, ow, paper cut. So he tells uh, tells Amber that he did a little fix-up work on the moon and asks what she thinks. And looking up, uh, sees two dots and a semicircle and uh, like a happy face. Which we find out when they pan back that it's just a roadside advertisement. Oh my god, Quick Kick invented the emoticon. <laughs> <laughs> well, and here's the amazing thing, too. Like, so the moon is back to normal, but Cobra Commander did carve his face into the moon, so they just carved it back to not being Cobra Commander's face and looking like the moon always looked yes. before. How'd, mm. how'd, they do, how'd they do that? You know that's where that's where they got it right on the tick because they kept it in the episodes after. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It was always which there. which I thought was brilliant. 
Yeah. I always love the continuity on the tick because, like you said, they they always did stay true. Like if a building got demolished or something yeah. like that, it stayed demolished. It was that's that was the brilliance of that show. Yeah. Yeah. retro shows did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s then tune into telecast geekcastradio.com's newest podcast join us here on the telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows such as clarissa explains it all salute your shorts saved by the bell and much much more only on geekcastradio.com is this thing on oh goody why, hello there. It's your dear old Uncle Joker here. I bet you're asking yourself, what could I be possibly doing here of all places? Well, I'm laughing at the fact that this new podcast presented by Geekcast Radio is called Legends of the Dark Knight. Who the heck knew the bat was so popular? Ugh. Join Steve. Mike and sometimes Tara for reviews on the greatest DC animated universe cartoon to ever meet Gotham City. So join moi for the talk of the town, or I'll send Captain Clown after you. He gets mighty angry when he doesn't get to have his garbage skull. So put on a nice big smile. And join us for the next GeekCast Radio Network podcast, Legends of the Dark Knight. <laughs> Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to TuneCast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find TuneCast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest-running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on Joe Mind? It's Joe News, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player. Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community. Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right. And we pay again. Come on, Chuck. We're just kidding. Kinda. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right. And we... Okay, seriously. This is just getting ridiculous now. It's What's on Joe Mind every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. I suppose I still can't say something about Transformers, can I? Good. No. What about sports? That sounds good. Yeah, that's all right. 
Movie Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to MWire only on GeekCastRadio.com. Alright, you guys ready for the next one? I don't know. Bring it on. We got three more, man. Fine, <laughs> let's go. So we got The Germ, which is not a favorite episode of mine, but it's definitely an episode I remember the most from my childhood. Um, and, and I learned stuff in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that apples have cyanide in them. That's true. In minute quantities. <laughs> but apparently enough to save the world. It's all right. Right. Exactly. You just need a lot of apples. Yeah. Yes. So this one was uh, written by Roger Slifer, Slifer, which I think we've seen him before. I think the only, it, the germ of this episode must have been that he... Oh, man. I totally didn't mean to do that. Okay, so the only idea he had for an episode was that apples have cyanide in them. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's it. He's like, hey, somebody told me this? this the other day. I think I can make a J.J. episode out of that. <laughs> the producer's like, brilliant. Yeah, which I'm sure that's probably what happened. It's kind of like, do you ever see the Dana Carvey uh, chopping broccoli uh, bit from Saturday Night Live where it's all of a sudden he's in there and he's like, we need your next best song. And he just kind of fakes it. I feel like that's what this episode was. It was like, we need a new G.I. Joe episode. Well, uh, how about a blob that gets stopped by apple seeds? I know it's just, it just seems oh, yeah, like that. such a so and that's the whole episode so let's go on to the next one <laughs> <laughs> <And I'm> <laughs> so, alright so while reading a magazine in a hospital room we have agent X99 uh, is contacted by the Crimson Guard commanders Tomax and Zamot on his on his television watch what's that yeah it's like an iWatch it's watch. a television watch yeah it's like an yeah. iWatch yeah and it's freaking huge. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's ordered to steal Bacteria X. Uh, he turns off his wristwatch-sized monitor, and the man in the white in a white lab coat opens a closet and pulls out his Crimson Guard uniform. And it's <laughs> he's soon uh, in a lab grabbing a vial labeled Bacteria X. Doctor enters the room and demands to know what the intruder is doing inside his lab. But as the Crimson Guard turns around, the doctor sees the Cobra emblem on the agent's shirt and realizes in a terrified voice that the intruder is with Cobra. Uh, yelling at the Crimson Guard that he doesn't know what he's stealing, the Crimson Guard replies that the doctor has no idea how dangerous the bacteria will, will be once Cobra is through modifying it. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So Why as is everything co- X? It's Agent X, bacteria I was thinking X. that same thing, yeah. <laughs> Well, you do send Agent X after Bacteria X. It just... that, makes, that does make sense. Oh, yeah, it's color-coded. Apparently, he's like one of the most successful Cobra operatives. Yeah. yeah. Well, they kept he's never it... been promoted. <laughs> makes no they sense. They kept it simple for Cobra Commander. Like, if you have to get Bacteria X, you send Agent X. <laughs> Match the letters. He's, he, yeah, he's not one for original thinking. <laughs> so as a Cobra Hydrofoil cruises along the river waters to a Cobra base where Cobra... Uh, where two covert agents 
mutter to one another that the Crimson Guards are not so elite. Agent X-99 <laughs> enters Destro's laboratory and delivers the vial. After accepting the vial, he dismisses the Crimson Guard and begins to tell himself that the bacteria will be a conqueror of worlds. Turning back around, Destro sees the Crimson Guard and tells him that he has been dismissed, but the Cobra agent replies that he has his orders from the Crimson Guard commanders who have no uh, who have no authority over Destro and from Cobra Commander who has been given uh, the uh, who has given the Crimson Guard all the documentation he needs in triplicate. And he presents the documents. Yes. Like he's got them in his jacket. It's kind of like uh, the boyfriend from the Transformers presenting the documents of that law. Well, what kills me is is when he reaches into his jacket to get him. Like the Crimson Guard jacket has those like two sides with the buttons like the Rocketeer jacket. Yes. He doesn't reach in from the sides. He reaches into the middle. (laughs) So there's like, there's no slit there. (laughs) Where it would make more sense if. I never realized how poorly drawn this cartoon is. (laughs) If he he unbuttoned the side of it, it would make a lot more sense. Yeah. I'm just saying, reach in from the side. It's just like making up slots where they're. Like a hidden pocket right in the middle. Right. This is the stuff that drives me nuts. I'm this sorry. is where you keep your paperwork. Okay. <laughs> so, Destro, and why is it in triplicate? Was it like a carbon copy, or like, why did he need to point that? Wouldn't out? they just believe one copy of it? I know exactly. Well, it's, got it's, the, been, it's, got, it's been notarized by Zartan. Well, it's got it's the an notary seal too at the bottom. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. You know, like, oh well, yeah. doesn't have the cover seal. <laughs> they have a special Cobra notary. I know, that's what I'm saying. It's like just stamps it. Stamps it, yeah. But they're like a a terrorist organization. Do they really have this much paperwork in, like, ISIS? And does does the Cobra Commander just sit there signing documents? Like, I don't see him doing that. (laughs) He's like, all right, now who's the secretary? They just bring him a stack of documents. It's Mrs. Wilkers. It's at least the one thing he's useful for, though. Uh, I mean, signing shit? Signing shit. (laughs) And stamping it. Here's your stamp and and a pen. (laughs) Keep him busy for a few hours. And then go build your model set. Work, work, work. Hello, boys. Did you miss me? (laughs) (laughs) Like Mel Brooks from Blazing Saddles. Yes. (laughs) Work, 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 work. So Destro pounds the workbench with his fist and vials are turned over. Agent X-99 reports to to Tomax and Zamot that Destro has left the room in anger and asks what he should do. Tomax and Zamot tell the Crimson Guard to retrieve the vial of Bacteria X and return to Extensive Enterprises Labs, which can perform the same tests at half the cost, which I don't know why he wouldn't have went there in the first place then. (laughs) (laughs) That's ridiculous. Evidently, Cobra's like, we got so much money, take it to the most expensive guy to take care of it for us. Uh, Grabbing... (laughs) Grabbing the vials of bacteria, the Crimson Guard spots another vial labeled Experimental Growth Serum and picks it up as well. He's like, I'll save that for later. Yeah. <laughs> However, a televiper in the security room for the base catches the, the theft on film and orders the base troops to capture the Crimson Guard. Aren't they all on the same side? No, well, that's one thing I actually did like about this episode is, like, the regular troopers obviously have some kind of... Uh, inferiority complex you know yeah. What I mean? yeah, yeah i think like they're walking around like they're so much better i kind of like that about this yeah. episode it really pointed it out so latching himself to a hang glider the crimson guard tells two cobra agents not, uh, to not impede him but uh they fire their guns and he crashes <laughs> they're like the gonna window. shoot him <laughs> yeah <laughs> like dang and uh, measures. 
Yep. He goes through the window and escapes. However, as he glides to uh, to the hydrofoil, gun turrets open fire on him. So the Cobra Elite, as he's referred to, often orders the gunner on the hydrofoil to fire at the other Cobra agents. <laughs> and he's like, all right. <laughs> a trouble bubble is destroyed, but an opposing <laughs> agent leaps onto the hang glider and rips the Crimson Guard's shirt, probably in the middle where he had this Yeah, this I'm going to put it in a more secure pocket. Right. Causing the vials to crash to the ground. Uh, the vials break, and when the experimental growth serum combines with the bacteria X, a very large blob <laughs> mindlessly moves down the rocky hill towards the Cobra base after absorbing a worm and changing form, uh, changing from a glowing white to a throbbing deep purple. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, you had, you had to say it like that, did you? That's how Joe Guide had it. <laughs> Good grief! It said throbbing, <laughs> throbbing deep purple. That well, doesn't sound healthy. Yeah. No, she probably get Mine that. Has that looked at? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard there's a pill for that. So the two Cobra agents who be <laughs> little more the than crimson- four hours. See <laughs> oh no. We'll get it back to that glowing white in any in no time soon. Goodness. So the two Cobra agents who belittled the Crimson Guard uh, put on eel diving suits and jump into the water. After the Cobra base is absorbed, Bacteria X then moves towards the river and the Cobra agents. Uh, Colonel Sharp contacts the Joes and Breaker. Scarlet, Snake Eyes, Shipwreck, Dusty, and Ace learn that the, a blob is moving downstate and absorbing everything in its path. Path, they sh- uh, shoot their u- uh, shout their units battle cry, <laughs> "Yo, Joe!" <laughs> and rush out of the room to confront the blob with sky strikers. They fire. I love missiles. how they just yell like "Yo, Joe!" Anytime they have the room, yep. it's almost like maybe that's company policy for GI Joe. <laughs> right. They're like, "Hey, I've got to use the bathroom." Yo, Joe! And they run out. <laughs> and they come back. Hey, everybody. <laughs> So, uh, firing a missile at the blob, Ace and the others pass over the bacteria and watch nothing happen. Believing the missiles were duds, Ace (laughs) leads the Joes towards the bacteria again, but the missiles are launched back at the Joes, and one of the missiles strikes Ace's plane. (laughs) (laughs) Badly damaged, Ace lands and asks the farmer if he could borrow his crop duster. The old man pulls a pipe from his mouth and tells Ace, so long as you don't bring it back looking like yours. <laughs> That's not a good bet, old farmer. So we're up to, what, five in just this episode? Yeah, two episodes, yeah. So the remaining Joes in their air in the air use the exhaust from their engines to tell the residents to evacuate their homes, which this was just impressive. They're flying in, like, five plane formation and yeah, it's like, like a stop matrix routine that they're <laughs> yeah. like printing out in the sky. Yeah. I want to see the blue angels do this. I know it's like they can do this, but they can't win in the battle against the giant blob. who just shoots them down. No, or not get shot down. Yeah. So as bacteria X absorbs a house, a farmer, his wife and the family dog run from the house. And he tells his wife, Emmy, I told you never make that surprise stew again. Yeah. Really bad joke. <laughs> but I love how they're dressed up like, you know, Grapes of Wrath. It's like 1945 on this farm for some reason. <laughs> so, was that, so was that the stew in uh, reference to the the blob or his crop dusting? I don't know. 
So we have ACE pores insecticide on the bacteria, but the chemicals are not absorbed, so they are puffed back out towards ACE, forcing him to crash through several <laughs> ACE stacks. <laughs> so now we have several Sky Strikers and now a crop duster plane. Ace, you um, suck. I mean, in five seconds, he's crashed two planes. Ridiculous. So Scarlet, Snake Eyes, and Dusty land and rushed forward to help Ace. You know, at least Bazooka can shoot a bazooka. <laughs> right. He might fall when he does it. I know, but at least it goes off, right? <laughs> but before Scarlet rushes into the cloud of insecticides, Snake Eyes holds her back while Dusty explains that she would be overwhelmed as well. Uh, Ace passes out just as he sees Airtight and awakens and listens to Airtight remind him that all dangerous substances should be handled by experts in the future. Uh, as Airtight explains that what Ace refers to as a blob is actually a bacterium, Flint arrives and ex- uh, explains that he traced the trail back to the recently destroyed Cobra base. Um, and Ace says it trashed a Cobra base. Maybe it's not such a bad germ after all. And uh, aboard the USS Flag, as Roadblock is told by Ace that Airtight will fly into the germ using the world's largest hypodermic needle, Airtight explains to Snake Eyes <laughs> to set the explosives for the widest possible range so that the antibiotics are effectively dispersed. Which this is Snake Eyes' specialty, obviously. Right. This is what he's, is what he's on the Joe team for. Is explosives, right. Flint wishes Airtight good luck and tells him to stay in contact constant radio contact but airtight replies that he can either carry out his mission or listen to ace but it would be impossible to do both <laughs> so tell flint that's tells, like he's just like smacking him down or what yeah so flint tells ace to shut up <laughs> <laughs> so the two take off which i why you would send ace in another no, plane he's proven it's a bad day <laughs> Just call it a day, go take yeah. a nap. Sideline him. He sends him off and just checks another Sky Striker off the list. Like, right. as soon as he takes off, he knows it's right. done. So the two Joes take off and Airtight enters the germ and is uh, so awestruck by the wreckage and makeup of the germ that he doesn't answer Ace until he begins radioing back to Joe headquarters that the germ is interfering with the transmission to Airtight. Uh, and, he bas- and Airtight basically says, no, I just didn't want to listen to you. <laughs> so, so as like you're breaking, you're breaking up. I don't, I don't know. Sorry, Daddy. Oh no. <laughs> Only here would you get a Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Sorry. I'm an old man. <laughs> oh, nothing wrong with that. Uh, as bombs, I, I like how the like airtight's flying through the blob. Yeah, there's like full barns, like still in one piece, floating <laughs> by, and like cars and all this stuff. But the blob so isn't the blob really isn't that big. Yeah, and not only that, but it doesn't evidently that like digest any of this stuff or degrade no. it. It just absorbs it. it just yeah, it's just it holding around. onto it for later, right? In case it wants to trade it for baseball cards <laughs> or something. I got Those, two houses. It's, like a it's playing Monopoly. Right. It's playing Monopoly. I've got two houses on Boardwalk. <laughs> it's just, it's, well, it's just he's just hoarding everything. He's gonna right. be on a. He's gonna be an episode of hoarding. Reality TV show, yeah. Yeah. 
So as bombs from the Cobra base detonate inside the germ, Ace tells Airtight that the mission has been canceled and he is ordered to get out. But Airtight explains that he could fly out. He couldn't fly out if he wanted to, since steering inside the germ is like driving a truck in Jello across a minefield. Which very vivid imagery there. Uh, you can't just say it's hard. It's, this is hard to do. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. So Airtight turns off his radio and steers through the minefield successfully, avoiding uh, corrosive enzymes. Already and, proving he's a better pilot than Ace. Yes. That, and he's turned off his Navi computer. <laughs> Use the force. Stay on target. Stay on target. So on a hilltop, Flint explains to Scarlet that there is no way for the Joes to know what has happened to Airtight since he cut off his radio while inside the germ. Behind Scarlet, Flint, and Roadblock uh, are created by Colonel Sanders. Yes, <laughs> Roadblock and Dusty hold back the scientists from a lab, which was robbed by Agent X-99, and yells at Dusty that he must speak to his commanding officer since he knows all about the germ's origin. Which, how did this guy find them? He just uh, knew yeah, they were on this hilltop. <laughs> Follow so, the trail of jets. Right. <laughs> right? Like, all the down jets that Ace has crashed. You'll just find Ace, though. That's yeah, he was just, wow. He was, hanging, he was hanging on the wing outside the cockpit of the Sky Striker. He's like, right. hey, Ace, Ace, hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> hey, Ace, take me to the next place. <laughs> so, uh, oh, hardware man. <laughs> Flint learns from the doctor who first explains that he does not work for Cobra, that the germ was created due to the misuse of antibiotics, uh, that nothing known to man can stop the germ and the Joes explain, uh, and the Joes plan of trying to kill the germ with antibiotics might make the germ stronger. Okay. I just want to point out that's actually, <laughs> that's like a medical problem. <laughs> I like they've been talking about it in the news. Like, you know, oh, keep using antibiotics makes germs stronger. Like this is the one one Joe episode that actually has a basis in, in reality. <laughs> yeah. How sad is that? This piece. Well, of, that, well, that in the apple. So it's got two, yeah, two small kernels of actual fact is implied. Yeah. Right. And you know, just take away the big throbbing purple blob. Oh, okay. he had to bring that up. Again. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say he had to go there. Uh, with the explosives attached to canisters of antibiotics, Airtight swims towards the nucleus with the explosives chained to his waist and, set, and sets the bomb. Behind him, a Cobra eel turns to another, draws his finger across his own throat, and pulls out his gun. Which the first thing I thought of was Guardians of the Galaxy with Drax. Like, <laughs> why would I put my finger across his throat? Uh he pulls out a gun and swims towards Airtight after seeing his friend nodding in agreement that they should kill Airtight. The eel shoots Airtight's backpack, and the Joes turn around. Uh, the Joe turns around and, li- and lies still, uh, not understanding what happened. The, the two Cobra eels swim towards Airtight, who ducks as they approach and watches the two Cobra Cobras crash into the explosives. The eels pull the chain towards them, and Airtight tries to escape using a key, but he loses his grip on the key. As he's pulled forward, therefore, Airtight uses the chain to swing the Cobra eels into the nucleus, but the explosives are stuck as well. Really great plan, considering you're still attached to the explosives. Yeah, these, these Cobra, these Cobra, two Cobra guys, they've not had a good day. No. <laughs> In general. Before Airtight is sucked into the nucleus with the eels and the explosives, the Joe grabs a gun 
floating in the germ and destroys a link in the chain so that he can return to his ship. However, Should have just is. karate chopped it. I mean, right. Really. Where's yeah, Amber? Everybody else does. Right. <laughs> Amber shows up. <laughs> I don't know. And then, she, and then she just swims away. And swims away. <laughs> My work here is done. Right. Um, so he returns to the ship. However, he's locked out. Looking through a window, Airtight sees a Crimson Guard inside. He blows away the uh, button on the outside of his ship and enters the cabin. After explaining to the Crimson Guard that he can stay inside the germ and be killed with the explosives or have Airtight fly them out, the Cobra uh, agent uh, allows Airtight to pilot the ship out of the germ. When he blows so, the hatch, how does how does it not get filled up with uh, blob germ blobbing purple blob goo? Yeah. They use Star Wars technology since they already had the Star mm-hmm. Wars sound and the shield came down, <laughs> keeping everything outside except people. I don't know. <laughs> That's amazing. You're cut Thanks. off. Thanks, I'm deaf. <laughs> so the explosives detonate. And airtight and the Crimson Guard are propelled forward by the shockwaves. They land safely outside the germ, and airtight catches sight of his teammates, uh, who congratulate him and welcome him back. Flint turns to the doctor and tells him that it looks like the doctor was wrong. Uh, and Roblox says, yeah, that germ's doing the squirms. Which oh. <laughs> <laughs> you germs do. got the like runs. <laughs> Roblox has, hasn't done anything in this episode. Yeah. And he was just there for that line. That's it. <laughs> it was for that line, right. Um, so the doctor tells the Joes that the germ is not dying, but is going through a stage of mitosis. Uh, Big word. Which, which is a process of cell division. So I learned something there, too. Yeah. Educational. This is a very educational episode, yeah. Huh. And as Flint watches the two germs head in opposite directions... Scarlet notices that one of the germs is headed towards New York City. New York City. I thought that's exactly what I thought of, too, as soon as I said that. (laughs) (laughs) We need Pace Picante. (laughs) Old El Paso. Old El Paso. Um, So under a tree, Airtight tells the Joes that it looks like he failed. And Ace, who has a bandage around his head. uh, Looks like Quick Gig without the wallet. Tells join tells him join the club because you know Ace is used to failing. <laughs> <laughs> At least he acknowledges it, right? Right. Another crash and burn. Right. <laughs> he wasn't even in a plane this time. So shipwreck shipwreck explains that he believes that he could still poison the germ. However, Ace reminds shipwreck that the insecticide didn't work. That uh, makes shipwreck. Shipwreck says what we need is a candy coating, and uh, Airtight chimes in that Shipwreck might have a feasible idea. The doctor explains that apple seeds contain a very small amount of poison and adds that if the Joes can give the two germs enough poison, they might be able to stop them. Hmm. Right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, I, just, I wonder that moment after he says that, everybody's quiet. <laughs> and you're like, should yeah. we take this seriously, or <laughs> right? Maybe not. Right. So, flying above the germ, Ace, Dusty, and the other Joes take advantage of the germ's mindlessness by firing missiles at the ground and causing the germ to move towards an apple orchard. Which, of course, is the only thing that Ace could actually hit is the ground. <laughs> <laughs> 
but not enough of the apples are consumed. Therefore, the Joes destroy a cliff near uh, near another orchard and cause the germ to slide down and consume it, its final dose. The germ explodes, and the residue splatters across the sky strikers. I want to know how much reimbursement they give the guy that owned the orchard. Um, no, all yeah. that land is completely blown away. Yeah. Yep. He, I guess he's not going to get reimbursed. I'm just saying. Maybe, I don't know if you can get insurance for throbbing purple blobs. <laughs> right. I don't well, think State Farm covers by that. FEMA. <laughs> so Flint. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Flint congratulates the Joes via radio while he and CoverGirl watch we several. We are farmers. <laughs> I'm glad Shannon got that. Yeah, yeah. I, was just, <laughs> I wish I had. I just that was brilliant. It was brilliant. <laughs> what is what? Wait, is it? What is this thing that Flint keeps talking into? Because it's not a cell phone. <laughs> it's like what is it, Mister Merlin, or what was that toy back in the '80s? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It looks like a Merlin or whatever the hell it was. Well, and I like how he doesn't hold it up by his head. He just no, holds he, it in front of his he face. He like breaks his wrist and then holds it like six inches from his face. Right. Ah! I think we should start a blog of just like all the bad drawings in G.I. Joe cartoons. <laughs> oh my gosh, it would, it would last forever. That would take a lot of time for me to go back and catch all of them. <laughs> oh my god. It's like painful shot after shot. Okay. So Flint congratulates the Joes via, via the Weird device. The radio, uh, apparently. <laughs> yeah. uh, CoverGirl watches uh, several generic Joes load crates of apples onto armadillos, sluggers, ostrikers, and trucks. I was like, how did those guys make the Joe team, but Amber couldn't? That's what I want to know. Right. Like, all they're good for is loading, loading crates. I think Amber could do that. They do it in a top-secret level of quality. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, while traveling to the point of inter- uh, intersection... The convoy is forced to halt due to a river that doesn't have a bridge. So guess who they call upon? Woohoo! <laughs> Bring in the bridge layer. That's right, man. He's like, I got one job. <laughs> and after Tollbooth extends the bridge and drives over it, the maulers and other Joe vehicles follow him. <coughs> Lead the way, Tollbooth. I know, you know, there there are a few characters in this cartoon that Come in, do their job, and leave successfully. Firefly, he does it, albeit more dangerous and successful sure. missions. Tollbooth is another one, though. He comes in, he does it right. And Ace is just, like, shaking his head. Right. Like, why <laughs> I mean, Tollbooth comes in, nothing's destroyed. He lays the bridge down, everybody goes over, end of day, and he waves and leaves, right? That's how it always works. I think if Ace was in charge of the, the bridge layer, he would lay the bridge <laughs> down and it would just explode. <laughs> it would blow up. He'd ride vehicles right off the side, didn't matter what. He couldn't do it right. So Flint tells Ace that he needs to, uh, that they need his team to buy the Joes some time since they were delayed. So Ace fires his last missile at a at a dam <laughs> and tries to bring uh, tries to drown the germ. But Bacteria X surfaces and continues to move towards New York City. New York. No, you right. did that. <laughs> <laughs> In front of a slugger. Gung Ho stands beside Flint, and the two wait for the germ to make its appearance. However, Shipwreck is impatient, so he jumps onto the roof of a truck, raises his fists into the air, and tells the germ <laughs> that this battle will be its Waterloo, its Alamo. 
Suddenly, the germ towers over Shipwreck, and as CoverGirl shouts the sailor's code name, Shipwreck tells the germ in a frightened voice, Just kidding, big guy. Yeah, very bad. Grunt pours... Grunt pours yeah. apples into Roblox yeah. bazooka. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just uh, wanted to point that out. Yeah. And then fires it while Thunder, Rock and Roll, Quick Kick, and Snake Eyes ride on Awe Strikers and shoot at the germ, but it continues to advance. And, of course, they're shooting apples at yeah, but it. Wasn't this like an episode of the Munsters or Gilligan's <laughs> Island or something? It seemed like, like every 10 to 12-year-old kid in the country with or like potato guns, like just loading up yeah. apples. It's yeah. like where the t-shirt cannons, though. I know exactly. Just thump, yeah. thump, thump. Well, and here's the thing: I don't get too. Why did they have to be shooting the apples at them? Couldn't they just leave all the apples there, and the blob would run it over? And yeah, perfect. just like dump trucks would be a little more effective. Yeah, right. But they wouldn't look nearly as cool. Right. So Flint orders. Do it again, Joseph. Robert. Thump, 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 thump. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So Flint orders the Joes to dive into the river. However, Shipwreck remains behind and continues to toss one apple after another and shouting, this might be the one. That dumbass. Cover Girl tells Shipwreck that if he leaves with her now, then she will go on a date with him. Uh, they fall off the roof and Shipwreck happily explain, exclaims, anchors away. Uh, Shipwreck is told that they Which is that go- him, like, coming on to her? Or what was yeah, that? that's a sexual innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking to drop his anchor. Well, somebody explain to me though oh why God. Cover Girl has like like an SUV mom haircut, <laughs> and she's always had this like god awful haircut. I'm like, she doesn't look like a supermodel at all. Uh, no, I don't she get did, that. She did when she had the blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why did they change it. I don't know. Because it was the ugliest figure. I remember like the guy up the street who was my best friend at the time had. Like, he collected Joe's, and he had CoverGirl because he got the Wolverine thing. And I was just like, this is the ugliest woman I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Why is she called CoverGirl? Is, is it like a pun? Is it like a joke? Like, I, <laughs> it's like I, calling I, a fat guy tiny. You're yeah, like, oh exactly. My God. That's like a fucking dog, man. Um, yeah. Sorry, and the, I'm just well, and the th- No, and the thing is, it, it would have made sense to keep her as a blonde. I think, Robert, I think you and I mentioned that when she first appeared and was blonde. Yeah. Was it made sense because Scarlet was redhead, Baby yeah. J was a brunette, brunette yeah. Cover Girl should have been a blonde. Is she supposed to be redhead though? I don't know what the because hell. Because it's not. It's not quite brown. It's not. It's like like a, Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, big luscious blonde though. That makes more sense. Yeah. I don't know. So, sorry. Sidetrack. No, that's all right. Uh, Shipwreck is told that they will go on a date as soon as possible, and that uh, that they will go swimming. And as the two dive into the river with the other Joe shipwreck shouts, this is the best date I've ever I've had in weeks, which just Whoa. shows the type of dates he's been Whoa. on. Um, Ace and his Sky Striker team arrive and dump more apples from the cargo bays of the plane into the germ, which effectively ends the germ's life. Spirit and, the and the others. What's that? And then he crashes. Yes, and then he <laughs> crashes. And- Spear and the other Joes watch the germ explode, and uh, the same disgusting residue that splattered the Sky Strikers earlier covers the Joes. Uh, the two Cobra <laughs> Eels, who are trapped inside the germ, <laughs> fall into the river with them. the Joes, and Robot comments. Robert, do you remember the quote that he said? 
it must be a worm from the germ. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. That's not I right. I love they just come flying out. There's like, like, I, I, yeah, but I love how it's like yellow spooge all over everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, shouldn't it be purple or something that's not, you know? Yeah, I don't know why it's yellow. Yeah, why is yeah. it kind of like urine colored? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. it's just it, should, it, should be, it should be throbbing purple. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Chocolate thunder. <laughs> so thus ends that episode. Yeah. Thank so, goodness. This has been a doozy of episodes that we've had no, so No, come on. We need a good one. But now we get to my favorite episode. <laughs> oh, man. Ah. <laughs> uh, and I'm sorry, after watching this, I still love this episode. <laughs> the I, I I love how it begins. I think that's like my favorite part. Yeah. That that and the Cobra Recreational Facility, which we'll get to. But I think this beginning part in Barbecue's house, man, yeah. that's the best. Yep. Where they're all playing basketball and Alpine's teaching Footloose how to climb down the banister. I know. We'll get into it. All right. Let's yeah. Go. All right. So uh, let's see. Let me see who this one was by. This was by David Karen. It's The Viper is Coming. So on the on the corner of a city street stands a newly renovated firehouse, which was restored thanks to barbecue. Uh, after Scarlet compliments, which, which I gotta say, I mean, that that if if he did that himself, like this has got to be a DIY episode. I mean, it's just like <laughs> it's this amazing like interior home, like huge space. Like they take this old firehouse, and it looks fantastic, and, and they do it like a good job of establishing this. And, Initially, and I think it's because of what's coming. Like they want to show well, how nice the place was. Well, and the thing that that's impressive too is it seems like all the Joes are codenamed incorrectly. Because you have Ace, who's really a survival guy, he's not a <laughs> pilot, and you got Barbecue, right. who really doesn't do the best job of stopping fires, but he's obviously <laughs> a very good like contractor. Yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> so uh, Scarlet compliments the refurbishing job and hopes the place is still standing after the house party is over. Barbecue tells her that the place is a little too neat and adds that he hopes to antique it a little, uh, which just not really a conversation you really need to hear about when you're a little kid. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what? It's like, okay, whatever that means. Barbecue then lifts a flaming burger off the grill and places it on Scarlet's plate. She immediately dumps the plate into the punch bowl. So, again, he's not good at stopping fires. No, I know. He's just handing flaming meat to people. <laughs> he's not even good at barbecuing. Right. So as Roadblock is surrounded by five generic Joes at the basketball court, <laughs> Snake Eyes snaps to the beat of the song on the stair- stereo. <laughs> see Snake Eyes dancing again. Yep. Like a horrible dance. And then, well, but speaking of horrible dances. Yeah. Gung Ho is told <laughs> by Lady J that she has never seen his dance moves before. <laughs> Above and behind the two it's dance terrible. Wait, just, It's terrible. He's just like stomping the ground just like. Yeah. Like he's just completely mentally challenged. Like yep. he just cannot put this in time. And it's, and then of course, the, uh, it's the Ro- retard dance is what he's doing. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> what? <laughs> We've done it. Before. We've said that word before. It's a perfectly uh, good medical I, statement. I, I didn't say anything. <laughs> you said whoa. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> so Alpine tells Footloose that he will make a climber out of Footloose, even if it kills him. 
Uh, Roadblock knocks his opponents out of the way with the basketball and falls through a window after he's tripped. Yeah, which this just teach me never play basketball with Roadblock. It's no. just like he just like punches them out. I mean, he's like taking out five dudes, <laughs> crashing through the window, and right. I was just I was like uh, immediately, the, his house is already getting destroyed. Yep, and the railing holding Alpine and Footloose <laughs> snaps. Yeah. And the two Joes like, what? This can't this can't hold over four hundred pounds of <laughs> dude hanging off of it. Like snap. Right. Not to mention any equipment they might have on them, because of course they're yeah. dressed in their actual Joe <laughs> gear. He's got all of his rope hanging off him. Yeah. And does yep. anybody ever go out in like a pair of shorts and a t-shirt? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, only barbecue dresses. I'm in surprised. Clothes. Barbecue's not yeah. wearing his mask. Well, yeah. I like how barbecue is dressed up like Chef from South Park, though. <laughs> Hello, hey, children. children. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little crackers today. So the two Joes drop onto the table, causing the food to fly towards Scarlet. Of course. Uh, of course. After Roadblock climbs up to the window, he tosses the basketball into the hoop, and Barbecue tells Scarlet, who is covered in food, that it looks like this party is a success. Yeah, it's just like, well, okay, so then <clears throat> Scarlet takes it right in the face. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Then, whoa. But I don't know what what was that? Whoa. What is what is the green mess that was on the whoa. on the table anyway? What kind of food was that? I don't know. Food. <laughs> and then Roblox comes sneaking in the window again with like jagged shard edges of of glass. He doesn't even have a shirt like a sleeves. I, I on. would love to see like an, uh, a reality accurate G.I. Joe cartoon <laughs> where people go through a glass plane window and night. just like are bleeding profusely. <laughs> from- At first I was like, what What floor were they on? Are they on the first floor? Because he just goes right out that window. <laughs> Give it on the second, third yeah, but floor. The, but the dead. trees in the window apply like he's up like three stories. Exactly. That's right. At first I thought they're on the second or third floor. Yeah. But then I was like, yeah. well, they're playing on the basketball court, which was probably oh. first Maybe floor. on the ground floor. Yeah. yeah. But I'm also a little concerned about, like, how many firehouses have closed, because everybody seems to be converting them into businesses. <laughs> like, how much have we cut back on our fire department <laughs> budgets? There's so many firehouses, like Ghostbusters got one, G.I. Joe's got one. <laughs> it's like, I'm so sorry, we just, we just need to know, is this one in New York City? Because This that's is what, what happens when you cut want. back on too many taxes. That's what it is. <laughs> right. what, do you, what do you think funds this stuff? <laughs> and they just they just destroy his house so completely, and it yeah. just kind of made me realize. I think that's why the pit is made out of metal because they can't <laughs> break anything in the pit. Like it's just all like hard edged, like polished right. metal. And yet they yeah. still find a way to destroy the pit all oh, the time. That's true. <laughs> so the phone rings, and Barbecue is told that the Viper is coming. The Viper. The Viper is coming. <laughs> Five seventy five. And he relays the message to the other Joes, and Scarlet believes that the phone call is from Cobra and is a cryptic challenge. Uh, after the Joe, because evidently the Riddler works for Cobra. Yeah. Comedy ensues. <laughs> yes. After the Joes each grab a hamburger, they return to headquarters. After we eat, we'll take care of this. Right. In the map room, Barbecue suggests that 575 could be a set of coordinates. Gosh. Five seven five could mean absolutely anything. 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 <laughs> right. So then they say, okay, well maybe it could be latitude and longitude, and they look on the map, and uh, so then like Lady J realizes, uh, oh well, well these are, would be the coordinates of the South Pole. Yeah. They're like, 
yeah, let's totally go there. That seems completely <laughs> plausible. That that's right. exactly what would be. I would, you know, maybe if it was like a major city, or you know, like something a terrorist would bother doing. Like, yeah. no, it's the South Pole. We better head down there right now. Right, and and I'm sure the guy that does the Joe's uh, books and everything else is like, holy crap, this trip's going to be expensive. <laughs> Well, if the girl didn't mind paying for her own way to, like, Snake Island, I don't think right. the Joes are worried about it. <laughs> right. You know, this is like a drop in the bucket. Right. Uh, so G.I. Joe's uh, snowcats drive through the snow and stop while Scarlet examines the area with binoculars. As she mutters about the area being filled with chock full of nothing, Alpine climbs out of the snowcat and asks what Footloose sees in the distance. See, okay, so she says, oh, it's chock full of nothing down here. Wait, they seem surprised. There's nothing in the South Pole. <laughs> they should be more surprised if there was something there. Like, it's absolutely nothing to go on. Yep. Footloose uh, sees in the distance this rock formation, and uh, Alpine tries to collect it to, so this way it'll be a memento from the trip. What? <laughs> I know. Souvenir. <laughs> right. I need okay, a souvenir what? rock. <laughs> but I love how he's like, let me rub it and rub it. <laughs> he's like very slowly with both hands. <laughs> Yeah. It is kind of phallic shaped, let's be honest. <laughs> a little bit. It was long. It and as soon as he touches to it, like it glows. Yeah. <laughs> and if this is like the the button it's you a have to push. Of Rudolph. <laughs> oh gosh. And this is what you have to do to get into the Cobra Recreational Facility. You have right. to like stroke this rock just right. Right. It turns into stroke a purple throbbing me, mass. Stroke me. <laughs> <laughs> that song starts playing in the background. So uh, Snowcat is lowered into into the ground by a hydraulic lift. Scarlet watches the Snowcat descend, and when Lady J Barbecue and Gung Ho reach the bottom, they climb out of their Snowcat and enter a room. Uh, rising from behind a counter, a robot greets yes. Joe's to I, I, the Cobra Recreational Base Number Three, <laughs> where they can I, I, play table tennis and swim in the Cobra Commander Gymnasium, eat lunch in the Destro Dining Room, and watch the Cobra <laughs> Cuties in the Zartan Entertainment Center. Cobra Cuties! Oh, man. Okay, we gotta take a moment and talk about how they're dressed. All, all the things that are wrong with this bit. <laughs> all the things. But the, the first thing I gotta say is the minute Larry Hammond gives me a chance, I am totally throwing this freaking robot, this grieving robot in. <laughs> Because it's like, you know, like what, what was it like? The danger, of Will Robinson. It's like yes. the like mutant, <laughs> retarded brother of that one, Robbie the robot. Yeah, it's like because uh, it's like it, what was the it was the mighty Orbots or whatever the hell. Yeah, the mighty Orbots. Yeah, that, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, I can see it. Oh, it's a terrible. So every Cobra trooper in the base that's there to relax uh, is still wearing their blue helmet. And yeah, right. or black face mask. Right. Yeah. Um, but everything else, they've short, all short. got <laughs> they got white uh, wife beaters and yep. really short blue short, running shorts short. on. with and red knee trim. high socks. Yeah, knee high they socks wear blue. short shorts. <laughs> I wear oh shorts. You remember that? Oh yeah. This is that was, just that was very eighties. The gayest recreational <laughs> facility you. I think I've Thank ever you. seen. Well, that's why it's location number three. This is where <laughs> they send all the <laughs> degenerates and stuff like that. Whoa, it also okay. explains how how they access the entryway. <laughs> A little bit. It's that entryway. <laughs> oh, no, come on. 
So I like so it they, when they're at the buffet, though. Yeah, they're just in line. Like, I think I'll take some green jello and some meatloaf. But it's like suddenly they're at Morrison's or Luby's Cafe or something. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I keep waiting to see like seventy year olds sitting in the corner like eating jello <laughs> like with their dentures out stuck in a glass. <sighs> Alright, so the Joes enter the next room and find themselves surrounded by Cobra agents who still wear their masks and helmets. You know what I'm thinking? We should get Cobra Cuties action figures through the collectors club. Oh, there you go. Or even just recreational facility Cobra Troopers. I would I was gonna say the them. recreational figures would be great, yeah. <laughs> That's my suggestion for next year. A whole so, set. So, With so the knee-high begin... socks. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and you should, be, you should be able to pick out your NFL favorite team. You know, because, like, remember when I was a kid, it was like you could get, like, knee-high socks, and it was, like, athletic socks that were, like, right. your favorite NFL team. Which, right. Of course, for me, it was Miami, so it was, like, orange, turquoise. Which are, like, the dopiest-looking freaking socks ever invented. <laughs> So they begin to throw, uh, the Cobra agents begin to throw cue balls at the Joes, uh, which wouldn't hurt anything, of course. No. <laughs> just knock them all unconscious. That would, that would, that would hurt tremendously. Just being I know. by, like, pool ball, pool cues. Yeah, so, but yeah. I love how, like, Lady J shoots them back at the guys with, like, right. one of her, like, exploding... Javelins. Yeah. yeah. Why doesn't it explode on impact with a cue ball? I don't know. <laughs> it just explode in her face. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, no. Same. All over her face. Uh, Dripping. What? <laughs> All right. So anyways, Gung Ho and Barbecue rip off a volleyball net and tie up four more Cobra soldiers. Okay. As the Joes begin to retreat, Barbecue sprays the floor with extinguishing <laughs> And the Cobras step in the foam and slide into the pool. <laughs> So the Cobra manager of the base, who reminds me a lot of uh, Hector Ramirez. Uh, <laughs> he's, got, he's got like this, I mean, he's just like the most 70s, like the whitest pimp. Oh, yeah. And he's running this facility. It's just Yep. So he runs to the control panel and alerts the fire bat pilots who take off and attack the Joes on the snowy landscape of Antarctica. His tanks and Cobra uh, polar troops. Troopers uh, pour out of the base and advance upon the Joes, but Roadblock remains uh, undeterred. He hops into the snowcat and avoids the missiles from the fire bats and launches snow torpedoes uh, at the group of Hiss tanks, which I had the snowcat, and I love those snow torpedoes. There. Oh, man. Yeah, those that was actually some of my favorite vehicles was the snow stuff. Yeah. But I, I dig... Um, oh, really? Torpedoes on skis? Yep. Really? Yeah. Yep. Really? Put it, that into it put makes that into the Joe comic. Sense. Doesn't make any sense. You got to work that into the Joe comic. The snow torpedoes. I already did my snow cat scene. Uh, I, you didn't do it with snow torpedoes. <laughs> Bite me. I think again, Roblox just there to say, "Guess it's time to tame the flame." Oh <laughs> uh, man, why are you here? So inside the base, Lady J barbecue gung ho use a couch for cover. Because you know, yes, that'll stop being attacked by Daleks. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, couch may be fireproof, however, as laser blasts rip through the top portion of the couch. Uh, Lady J wishes that the furniture was laser proof. Yeah. So now we have Ace flies toward four <laughs> fire bats. <laughs> well, Are we taking bets? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. four accompanying Sky Strikers. 
dive to the ground and pound the Cobra forces. After the Joes oh, capture wait, the... Wait, what? <laughs> That's you. what it says here. Thank you. After the... This is really going downhill fast. No, man. It's, it's not normally like this. I think maybe... Uh, no, it is. It's it me. Is. I'm sorry. No, it's normally like this. Robert's <laughs> <a> thing. <laughs> After the Joes capture the Cobra Polar Troopers... Uh, Scarlet leads Roadblock, Alpine, Bazooka, and Spirit, and a dozen, dozen of generic Joes run down the main corridor of the base. As they enter the weight room, Scarlet fires one shot and demands that the Cobra agents surrender. Yeah, there's like four or five Joes and like 30 yeah, Cobra troopers yeah. with rifles yeah. aimed at them. Yeah. They're such they're Like, we give up. We give up. I so mean, they're as, totally outgunned. It's crazy. So Yeah. So as the Cobra soldiers are let out... If you were dressed like that, would you want to fight? <laughs> no. No, I can't. No, I would, would you want to die vulnerable. in those short shorts? <laughs> no. Uh, not at all. In knee-high socks? No. Yeah. Every Scar- single one of those guys has their shorts pulled up to their navel, too. I mean, it's yeah. just like... <laughs> They're all 70. <laughs> so Scarlet tells the Joes that the situation doesn't make sense. After all, why would Cobra send the Joes a message about a recreation base? The manager tells Scarlet that Cobra would never tell the Joes anything of anything and calls them spoil sports. Ryan, I never realized how much you look like the guy that runs the Cobra <laughs> You just need a white silk shirt buttoned down past your chest. I just we're going to get, get you one of those going. Dan Johnson push-up-the-sleeve jackets. Yeah, yeah, blue blazer. Like I need the, uh, and I need the, uh, the ruby yeah, sunglasses. Yeah, tinted sunglasses. Oh, I had those. The high-waisted <laughs> pants. Right. You should, you should dress up as this guy for Halloween. Okay. Oh, my God, that's brilliant. That sounds good. I can. I know what it is. I can dress like this, and Lane can dress like uh, Alice. Bikini. Alice. Bikini. Yeah. Bikini. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. No, Lane can, can dress as Alice, and I'll dress as this guy. Nice save. <laughs> I'll dress as a Cobra recreational facility. <laughs> I would pay money just to see that. Yes, that would be great. If if I would ever. Oh my gosh, man! Somebody needs to do that at a con. That would be so seriously. Oh, that would be awesome. You don't even have to show your face. You have the mask. You can be anybody. Right. See what you got to do is like all of us offer like free sketches. Like I will do a free sketch for a guy that shows up dressed up like that. I, I would do that. I would do that. Hands down, yes. I you know would do it. Be, no, it'd be really funny is if is if we're all if we were sharing a room at Baltimore next year and just. One of us walked out of the bathroom just like these guys. <laughs> I think I would just put some pants on. Yeah, I would just die laughing. Oh my god! All right, so getting back to the story. Uh, Why? Because <laughs> I got to work tomorrow. Oh, okay, me too. So Flint, Gung Ho, and Roadblock lounge on the on the couch. And the phone rings. Barbecue picks up the phone and learns that the Viper will start at the west corner. Yeah, which is like, right. Are they back at uh, Barbecue's place? Yeah. Yeah. Does he own Why this did... joint? That's where he yeah. lives. Yeah, it's his house. Why did? Yep. So this is this is your uh, favorite part of the whole thing, Shannon. I know because we talked about it last time we got together oh. about how they turned uh, West Corner into West Point. West Point, yeah. <laughs> Of, of all the, like, I mean, 575 for longitude and latitude, at least that makes, like, a little bit of mathematical sense. Like, west corner, west point. 
has nothing to do with each other. It just has yeah. a similar word West in it. That's yeah. it. So, um, deciding to have a chat with one of the tank jockeys, uh, Scarlet looks up and finds out that it's major blood in the driver's seat <laughs> in one of the tanks. Uh, she, she, uh, he takes a couple of shots at the Joes and as they turn to retreat, major blood orders the Cobra troops in the other tanks to roll forward and capture Senator Robbins and General Grant. Okay, now this is where I have a big issue with the G.I. Joe strategy here, all right? Okay, so the tanks are headed towards the general, which is a crowd full of people, right? Right. And I don't know if they're shooting yet or not, if they're blasting away, but at least they're driving towards it. So the Joes jump in the Awestrikers, okay? So you've got Scarlet, Roadblock, they jump into the and they're blasting away yep. behind yep. the tanks, but completely missing, right? Yes. yes. So where are those lasers going? Lateral <laughs> damage, baby. Into the it, crowd. Into the Everybody crowd. Fire. Every Friendly single fire. <laughs> I mean, there were like there were so many laser blasts in this shot. Sacrifices must be made. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I was just like, how how are all those people not dead in the crowd? So we have the uh, graduating cadets scatter as the tanks approach, and with Footloose at the wheel, uh, Roadblock is able to hang on the side of the Awestriker and drop a grenade between the tread of Major Blood's tank. Uh, the grenade explodes, rips the track apart, and the following tanks pile into one another. Uh, Scarlet orders the Awestrikers to circle around the tanks, and as the Joes <laughs> cruise around uh, Cobra, Major Firing Blood... Yeah. Major Blood tells himself that he knows how Custard felt. I knew that was coming. Yeah. A uh, Cobra foot soldier shoots out the tire of an Awestriker, and Footloose tries to avoid the wrecked Awestriker, uh, but as he swerves, it, Scarlet and Roadblock are thrown from the vehicle. Before a Cobra agent can shoot Scarlet, she awakens and tells him in a playful voice, Oh, look behind you. Uh, asking if she expects him to fall for that, the old uh, for that old gag, a cadet tackles the Cobra agent to the ground. She compliments him and he salutes her uh, and adds, "Our pleasure, ma'am." That was so polite. Yes, good military boys. So Scarlet jumps into the fray and begins to swat aside several Cobra troops. Uh, one cadet watches her, smiles, and says in an impressed voice, "Wow, that's some kind of a soldier." Oh, I thought it was going to say nice ass. (laughs) (laughs) The cadets uh, standing around the fight raise their fists in the air and shout, Yo, Joe. And they proceed to clobber several Cobra agents. Man, did you notice how loud those punch sound effects were? (laughs) Yes. It was like... (laughs) I mean, just like, man, these guys' heads are exploding. It was just like... Yep. So Roadblock demands that Cobra surrender. However, Cobra officer replies that they don't have... Uh, have to since they outnumber the Joes 10 to 1 and Scarlet asks would 50 to 1 uh, be better and behind her uh, hundreds of cadets ready their rifles which is <laughs> Shannon's favorite part oh my because God. they six click and, six and a half hours later <laughs> <laughs> and people start talking and you just hear that sound effect over the people talking yes. like it does yes. it's like 20 minutes of like let me cock my gun <laughs> So, John, no wait, I got one. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a Carol Burnett skit or something. Yeah. So, (laughs) 
Oh, I, I think the point you made before too is like they could they didn't do it all at the same time. Like no, yeah. in succession yeah. down the road, they each had to take their turn. Like yeah, three. no, yeah, everybody one at a time. Right. Bob, it's you. Yeah, no, wait. Okay, you are. Right. Yeah. Okay. okay. You went. Now it's my turn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty minutes. I'd be like Major Blood. Be like, okay, can we fucking move this along? Well, Major Blood basically escapes while all the cocking of the guns is going on. <laughs> it's like cock. <laughs> it's like running to the bulls. It's like cocking yeah. up guns. Right. So Scarlet and Barbecue try to relax at the fire station. However, the red phone rings again. Why do they look uh, there on like opium or something? <laughs> like the two of them are on absinthe. It's like that that Manet painting or whatever. Like you know, absinthe in the bar. Right. <laughs> They're just like staring off into the distance. I'm like, uh. <laughs> so. Barbecue tells Scarlet, "I've had it with red phones today." Scarlet picks Scarlet picks up the phone and t- and learns that the Viper will start on the top floor. And when she demands to know his identity, the man on the phone replies, "I am the Viper." No, he doesn't say it like that. He's like all pissed off. It's like <laughs> I am the Viper. I am the Viper. You bitch. <laughs> I don't think he said you bitch. I'm pretty sure that was in it. I'm pretty sure that was like yeah, in the voiceover I have. <laughs> I think you added that to the he voiceover. He just turned the volume down and then said that at the end. Right. <laughs> like, well, like they if, you listen, if you listen really close, right at the end. <laughs> as, as, as she's hanging up, he's like you can barely hear it over the other end. He's like, You bitch. So, um, outside Extensive Enterprises Tower, which I don't even know how this building is still existing at this point. Because everything happens at Extensive Enterprises Tower. Uh, Scarlet stands in front of Barbecue and Snake Eyes and radios Wild Bill, who is hovering around the tower in a dragonfly for a status report. Uh, Listens uh, to the Joe Cowboy explain all is well, and she then turns to explain to Barbecue that Extensive Enterprises Tower... It's the tallest building in the world, so no one else has a top uh, floor other than the, a higher top floor, basically. What, what was the logical. clue again? I forget. What was the clue again? Top floor. Top floor. Uh, oh, top floor, right. That was it, yeah. Oh, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. There we go. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so inside the tower, Destro slams Major Blood onto Whoa. a desk. Oh, okay. I know. This is getting rough, like. He does. He gets right behind him and slams oh, him to the desk. And, and the framing is not good on this no, cartoon. It's Let me tell you. No, all. it's not. No. So uh, the whole office is ransacked, and the Australian it's like agent. Tomax and Zaymont look on in horror. Just yeah, like... And rightfully so. Yeah, seriously, the framing is not good. No. <laughs> you think I'm bad. Just watch the cartoon. <laughs> Just watch the cartoon and pause it right there. So you're yeah. gonna love you're gonna love this line. That's from again. This is in Joe Guide. It says Tomax and Zaymot support Major Blood's position. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You've got to make that screen capture the picture on here. That's right. Good. That is a good one. Yeah. So uh, positions by providing uh, they <laughs> they support Major Blood's position. <laughs> By providing an alibi and explain to Destro, who turns to the He was twins. asking for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Look at the way he's dressed. Yeah. <laughs> With the eye patch and everything, yeah. yeah. When you're wearing the eye patch, you're just asking for it, yeah. Uh, they, that uh, The twins 
point out that they cannot be the viper since the loss of man hours and finances building a recreation base make the idea of tipping off the Joes seem quite re- ludicrous. Yeah, but just uh, the tip. Yep, yeah. just, just the tip. <laughs> so Scarlet, Snake Eyes, and Barbecue enter the building, and while the Joes on the ground are left in Roblox's care, um, as the three Joes travel to the 18th floor, gas is pumped into the elevator, and the Joes are knocked out. Breaker tells Roblox. Wait, no, no, hold on. <laughs> so, so what's Barbecue wearing? Yeah, he's wearing a gas, gas mask. mask. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and he's like, uh, uh, I should have put the filters in. <laughs> like, uh, how does how does this knock out Barbecue? This makes no sense. Or Snake yeah. Eyes though. It's like Snake Eyes can like slow his heart rate down to like one beat per minute or something right. stupid, right? I know. So I Scarlet's the Scarlet, only one that should be passed out. Right? Exactly, but they have masks on, or they have abilities to, yeah. I don't know, it's just... Right. Again, logic. A weird, a weird plot device. Like, you gotta think... I mean, not that I expect these Joe episodes to make a lot of sense at times, but... Oh, no. But for Gas to knock out the guy wearing a gas mask, it makes zero <laughs> sense. Yeah. I'm not prepared for fire fumes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only the firefighter of G.I. Joe. <laughs> So Breaker tells Roadblock that something has gone wrong, so Roadblock leads the generic Joe Force into the building. Generic? Uh, generic yeah. Joe Force. Yep, generic Joe Force. It's a bunch of green shirts. No, but it's just funny to me. It's supposed <laughs> to be this secret super elite, the best <laughs> of the best. So the word generic should never come into play, right? No, right. I mean, there's over 200 G.I. Joes. I know, 200 but, of them. Only the three of them were knocked just... out in the elevator. Right. But generic. Ah. So, anyways. Go Larry. A guard rips off his mask, reveals himself as Zartan, and welcomes the Joes to two wings of armed Cobra agents who are, who are after uh, two panels on the wall are raised. They all appear. Uh, Roadblock radios Wild Bill that they have entered the building and Wild Bill is soon attacked by three fangs that fly out of a hidden harbor on the side of the tower. Oh my god. Which, how can you be surprised by this anymore? It's happened like multiple times. It happens all the time. I know, but it's just like, who who decides like, oh, we're building this skyscraper. What we really need is a robotic arm that comes (laughs) out of the side of the building and sets up a launch pad for whatever. Who who decides (laughs) that? We've seen rattlers fly out of there. We've seen like poles like jut out uh, just in case people fall down that they can swing back and forth on, like right. all Ninja Gaiden style. This building is very impressive. Yeah, but does it have any offices? Does it have like just a on the top room or working? Just the top floor. <laughs> is there a Xerox room? I just want to know: is there a supply closet that actually has post-its in? I mean, no, they just have rooms with Cobra soldiers standing there waiting. For the panel to open up, like they just hang out there all day. <laughs> that's that's what you want is the the comic about the guy who's like, eh, this is the third day I've been sitting here for no apparent reason. <laughs> there's a room okay. full of like twenty guys in a confined space. They're all that's addicted what... to coffee because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> that's what they we can't need even to see sit a, down. That's what we need to see in a real American hero at some point is just a guy sitting there that wasn't expecting any attack, and then all of a sudden he has to come fighting. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh crap! Oh. Oh, I got stomach cramps from all the coffee I bet you. <laughs> so Scarlet awakens, and with her best Southern accent, she asks Destro, "Don't tell me you're the little old viper." Oh, Destro, do that grunts, again. No, do that again. Do it in a proper accent. No, it's Don't late. Don't you all tell me, little old viper? Yeah. <laughs> Thank. You. 
<laughs> Destro grunts no, no and orders the other Cobra agents to disarm the Joes. How was that again, Robert? No. <laughs> so, so Wild Bill flies ahead with his uh, flies ahead of his adversaries. I love, I love how her charms have absolutely no effect on Destro. But right. man, get a guy in a one eye patch. It's a whole different man. That's, that's a different story. Wow. He's like, no, put on this eye patch. What? So, no. We're, we're never going to get through this episode. <laughs> I haven't even no. gotten to the, like, I know. POV1 gameplay robot <laughs> helicopter thing. So while Bill flies ahead of, of his adversaries, rotates 180 See? degrees. And shoots a fang from the sky, but another fang catches up with Wild Bill and fires a rocket. However, Wild Bill moves out of the rocket's path, and the rocket destroys the window and wall of the office where Destro interrogates the three Joes, killing all of them. How are they not all dead? (laughs) So Barbecue grabs Destro's gun, and when Cobra the Cobra arms dealer orders Barbecue to drop the gun, Snake Eyes leaps forth and punches Destro to the ground. Uh, Tomax begins to shoot into the smoke and barbecue hits Tomax's hand. A bookcase swivels and Cobra troops pour into the room with guns blazing. <laughs> Again, they're all dead so, after that. Yeah. What? <laughs> How did they not get blown away? Or, you know, why didn't they come out at, right after the explosion? Right. No, they were just waiting for their cue. Yeah, yeah. they have to sit in the room and drink coffee <laughs> until it's their, their yeah. time to go. Right. So Alpine and Footloose climb up to the top floor and a Cobra Fang attacks them. The rope is hit and Alpine quickly climbs up the rope before it snaps while Bill shoots down the Fang and asks if his teammates need any help. Well, the Fang can't even hit two guys hanging on the side of the building, but they shoot the rope. Right. Footloose says that uh, they have everything under control and the rope snaps, but Alpine catches him as he hangs on the remaining good part of the rope. Uh, while Bill laughs and radios back that it appears that they do need, indeed, have the situation in hand. Uh, Scarlet, Barbecue, and Snake Eyes continue to battle Cobra, and Scarlet tells Barbecue that they really could use some help. Suddenly, Footloose and Alpine burst through the window, and the Joe's newest climber tells Scarlet all you had to do was ask. Okay, Robert, are, are you watching the cartoon? Uh, no. Oh. I- because I'm just saying that the placement of Scarlet's head at Barbecue's Oh no, garage. I see that. I mean, you see that? I've seen the screen capture. Yeah, oh. Ryan's looking at it too. You can see. Yeah. It. Okay. No, it's it's, it's right terrible position. Barbecue yeah. <laughs> Barbecue's got his hand on her shoulder. He's like, <laughs> I really would love to interview one of the guys that worked on this cartoon just to ask. <laughs> and them. then Snake Eyes is completely oblivious. Like, yeah. they're, and that's they're his kind girl. Of thing. I know. That's his girl. And just yeah. like, man, right next to Snake Eyes in the middle of a firefight, you're going to do that? Yeah. Right. Shannon, I'll see if I can arrange that for you. <laughs> I'm just saying, I would love to ask these guys. Like, seriously, dude, really? Like, how how could an art director let some of this stuff go? Like, I just don't see how they're like, that's all right. So a bunch of Joes and Ricondo and Roadblock uh, come in and on the first floor, and the Cobra agents surrender as... Uh, soon as Zartan announces that he never surrenders and blends with the background on the wall. He never surrenders, but he runs away like a little bitch. <laughs> I know. Wow. On the top floor, Barbecue explains to Scarlet that neither the captured Cobra agent nor the top Cobra leaders 
know the identity of the Viper, and Scarlet wonders if the Viper even knows who he he is. Barbecue, Scarlet, Duke, Flint, Roadblock, Snake Eyes, and Footloose watch the red phone and patiently wait for it to ring. And as soon as it rings, Barbecue walks forward, picks the phone up from its uh, holder, and is told that the Viper will arrive at today at noon and that he should be ready. Uh, so we get the Flax uh, stacked sandbags and several arms. Which I love that because you, you rarely see the Flax in this. And there's yeah. like really detailed shot of it. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was a cool cool gun, cool weapon. And uh, a bunch of armed Joes surround the firehouse. <laughs> and an elderly man walks towards the Joe and asks for Mr. Barbecue. The Joes hop, uh, hop down from the seat of the Flax and introduces himself. The elderly man tells him, I am the Viper. I've come to wipe your windows. Five seventy-five an hour. I start on west corner, top floor first. I just want to point out that the Viper looks a lot like Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, <laughs> who is, so you who wanna, is so the most huggable man. So you want to hug him? I want to hug this son of a bitch. <laughs> well, this is your costume for the con. <laughs> I'm gonna be the Viper. You'll be the Viper. <laughs> That's awesome. See, and the collector club keeps thinking they can't come up with new figures. Just have to watch the cartoon, and you get all Just these this great episode. This episode's got you've got the uh, Cobra Cuties, yeah. the uh, the dude who runs the recreational facility, the right. just a wreck trooper, right? Wreck trooper, the Viper, the Viper, right? That's what five are there. Yeah, and and if you're that into the into GI Joe that you're willing to collect these characters anyway, right? Like you're part of that subscription service. You would yeah. want this. Yeah. Let's be honest. Why not? You could even just throw like a generic green shirt in there or um or like oh, yeah, shame or a shame faced major blood. I don't know. Like <laughs> well I was just gonna say, you know how they just recently <laughs> did the black series with Han and Greedo sitting at the cantina? You could have Destro and Major Blood bent over on a desk and put that in the stores. <laughs> major Blood just has a really enlarged finger. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm telling you though, it, it would be I would I would join the subscription service just to get a viper that's based on Garcia Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> and you would hug it every night. I would. He's a huggable <laughs> son of a bitch. You should get a plush of it. He is the sweetest looking dude. I'm gonna stand by that. I'm not no one can say anything bad about him. I wasn't saying I wasn't saying anything bad about him. I love his art. He's a nice guy. Well, it's my it's my not to get off the subject. It's my wife's birthday this week, and Mm -hmm. I bought her a Wonder Woman clock at Baltimore Con, and it was Garcia Lopez artwork, and I had him autograph it. And my wife, God bless her, is the only person that would open up that clock and go, "Oh my God, it's autographed by Garcia Lopez." Like, and she doesn't collect comics. She doesn't care about this stuff, but she got it. And that was the most important thing to me. And I said, I'm not divorcing you. Ever. <laughs> but it was close there for a second. It was, it was, I was, I was riding the rail. Until I... <laughs> All right. So we got one more episode. Oh shit. We're not done. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> no, thought we were done. I thought we were. Oh. <laughs> There's no such thing as running out of time on this show. <laughs> it just keeps going. <laughs> oh, but I'm so glad we get this one. Woo! Yep. Punishment so, This is Spell of the Siren. Oh yeah. Which is written by Jerry and Carla Conway. And uh So this one 
We got Sky Strikers race over a G.I. Joe aircraft carrier where Flint welcomes Lady J to the Adriatic Sea. Uh, wearing her diving gear, Lady J tells Flint. Yeah. Uh, tells Flint that if the upcoming mission is his idea of a vacation, then she'd hate to see what he thinks uh, is a business trip. Uh, and Deep Six uh, <coughs> is watching Lady J walk past him. Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would be, too. Watching all the girls. <laughs> Torpedo. Hey, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> Latches onto the underside of uh, Roadblock Shark. I, love, uh, I forget he, exactly what he says here, but he has just like the creepiest laugh. And it's yeah. like at his own joke. It's a terrible joke. I forget what he said. I don't remember. He just either. laughs at it. That and Lady uh, J carries all our weight in her thighs. <laughs> she's good at powerlifting. She's just, you um, know, she puts on the pounds in her thighs. Hey, that's my woman right there. So she's <laughs> gay, you know that, right? No, she's no, she's, she's not. gay. No, she's not. Have you listened to the cartoon? She's gay. She's all about Flint, right? And his Flint. Um, after the three sharks dive into the water, Lady J marvels over the number of sunken ships on the ocean floor. Flint tells her that the area is ancient history and that their only priority is to find out why Cobras is in the area. Cobra troops swim and search around a temple and three agents shine their flashlights on an object wrapped in an oil skin and placed in a hole <laughs> in the temple floor. <laughs> okay. There's like a shot in the cartoon where Cobra Baroness, right, is swimming and it totally zooms into her tits. <laughs> How did I not notice all just this stuff when I was a kid? Cobra symbol? Is it just like showing on the Cobra symbol? or It zooms right in. Yeah. Like, onto that. I'm going to take a screenshot of it. And, you know, nice. And then so the Baroness... So the Baroness swims towards the round object, picks it up, and swims back to the underwater Cobra base, which has been set up near the temple and ships. Uh, I think was the uh, inspiration for Rise of Cobra. Pretty yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's a rise of something. So, wow. With that screen captured? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm sending it. So, so inside the, the base, Cobra Commander s- screams at Destro, for squandering fortune in his underwater scavenger hunt and calls Tomax and Zaymot to the monitor to give Destro a lesson in economics. Because Cobra Commander has been so efficient with his budgets on, you know, putting his face on the moon and all that <laughs> stuff. Apparently he owns Nike. Right. So as soon as the Crimson Guard commanders explain that long-term management is achieved through short-term cash flow, Destro turns off the monitor. He's like, whatever, turns it yeah. off. To be spared from the twins' drivel. Uh, the Baroness enters the room and warns Destro that Tomax and Zema could be powerful allies or dangerous enemies. I do uh, like this episode, how it really shows Baroness and Destro working together. Yeah. So, <laughs> so stripping off her eel uniform, oh, the, Baroness, <laughs> the Baroness is told that the simple seashell she has discovered, is actually the conch of the siren. But before Destro can explain his potential for Cobra, the, Joe attack, the Joes attack the base 
Missiles puncture a hole in the dome, and the sharks fly into the base and press the attack while evading the laser blasts of, from Cobra Asps. Which, that cracked me up, too, because it's like, okay, the Asps just, you know, it's, the whole base is filling up with water, and they just stay in their Asps and keep shooting, knowing that they're going to drown at some point. Yeah, it's dedication. They're just sitting on their Asps, just... <laughs> wow. <laughs> chilling out, waiting, waiting to die. Right. So Destro passes the wrapped conch to the Baroness and tells her to to escape to Cobra headquarters while he shows the fool outside how to fight. As soon as she steps (laughs) through a portal, she is confronted by Lady J. However, a piece of the dome strikes Lady J's wrist and allows the Baroness the opportunity to strike her enemy. Lady J falls. However, she is able to grab the wrapping around the conch <laughs> Which I keep waiting for Shannon to say something. <laughs> Quickly move ahead, keep going. Right. As the Baroness continues to make her escape. Yeah, we, we don't need to talk about the conch rap. Right. Grabbing the conch. Just move it on. So Destro watches the eels retreat and turns around a corner to fire upon the Joes. His shots <laughs> dent Deep Six's suit, which unnerves the Joe. However, Flint's shot strikes Destro, causing the arms dealer to fall to the ground unconscious. Which, he went out there to show him how to fight, right? He gets one right. shot off, then knocked out. <laughs> then gets knocked the hell out, yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Destro. So, uh, the Baroness witnesses uh, the capture of Destro, looks at the conch, and pauses and decides that she must escape. Yeah. So, Jan, you still there? Uh, we may have lost him. No, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> I've had it on mute. <laughs> just every time it said conk, you just yeah. couldn't. <laughs> oh, He's just over there giggling. and it, I go. Okay, put yourself back on mute. I'm trying to let you get through the episode. <laughs> Without making conk jokes left and right. right. He said conk. <laughs> Grabbing the conk, yeah. Uh, the Baroness flies to extensive enterprises building and try, <laughs> building and tries to explain to Cobra Commander that Destro's undersea operation was not a failure. However, as soon as she shows the gold seashell to <laughs> Cobra Commander, he tells the Baroness that Destro is on his own at Joe, G.I. Joe headquarters and swats the golden seashell aside. As he oh, he swats the conch. Say it. He swats the conch. Yeah, but right. it don't look like a seashell. Not at all. Not at all. Or a conch, for that matter. <laughs> so, so Duke, Duke congratulates Flint on capturing Destro at G.I. Joe headquarters, and the Joe, Joes learn from Dr. Blackstone about the conch and the sirens. <laughs> I just, I don't know if they did this on purpose. Uh, it, it's a whole episode about girl power, right? Right, and the, and what gives them that power is this just golden vagina. Yeah, just okay, don't... I'm just it's very Jew to Chicago. And there's <laughs> that's a very con, if you know your art history, Blacks, man. And there's a Doctor Blackstone. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> uh, plus, you have right. this hot scientist that shows up. Who is she? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't we need know. another figure. There's another figure. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Doctor Blackstone. Yeah, and just have like her. Yeah, her accessories will be a you know a conch yeah I'll just come with the conch right right nice big conch just big right in her, just conch. in her hand like maybe just 
You know, Does it have a hole in the middle? And do you blow it? Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> so uh, she describes it as a seashell that disrupts the hormonal system of every male. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> what? I didn't say it. This might be the worst group of five episodes this is ever. Terrible. So when they uh, hear the song, <laughs> whenever someone blows into the show, <laughs> uh, and, and they it causes free will to vanish. <laughs> Everyone wants to blame me, but it's not my fault. When when you blow into the conk, it causes my free will to vanish. Just the men, though. Just the men. Right, just the men. <laughs> Who hasn't said that? <laughs> what? All right, so... When you I'm blow gonna, into the hole... I'm, I'm going to try to continue here. Oh, so break, break your... I don't even know how you're going to edit this one. I'm not going to. <laughs> So, Breaker receives an alert from the Alaskan Security Network satellite, and the others rush out to engage Cobra's forces. Traveling by flight pod, the Baroness arrives at Major Blood's latest operation and attempts to make a proposition. (laughs) (laughs) However, the Joe Sky Strikers, Dragonflies, (laughs) and Snowcats, and Polar Bears destroy the Asps and the Rattlers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh god I'm dying over right. here you can so, do this you can do this man alright so Focus. running to get under the Alaskan pipeline the Baroness blows into the conk pipeline really they're laying pipe <laughs> nah she's uh, blowing the conk under the pipe she's blowing the they're conk at the pipe under the pipe they've been laying right and the sound and it waves ca- cause it all causes the men, all the men to stand stock still stock still they're all standing erect Right. <laughs> oh no. So Covergirl and Covergirl and Lady J load the mail <laughs> onto the snow. All the mail members, yeah, they load all the mail members, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Just trying to help. Right. You're not. Oh. We get a nice shot of Baroness's ass though. Coming right. up. So, back at the extensive Enterprise's office, the Baroness paces in front of Cobra Commander. With her ass showing, yeah. Right, and tells of her success, announcing that she is keeping the conch (laughs) (laughs) and taking command since her family has been bred to rule for centuries. Cobra Commander tries to take the conch from (laughs) for his own... That's why I have tears rolling out of my eyes. Uh, To use by ordering Tomax and two Crimson Guards. However, Baroness blows into it. (laughs) It causes the four males to lose their free will. Uh, I'm muted. This episode broke me. (laughs) Then... She considers her act not one to, of treason, but of destiny. Uh. <laughs> okay, we're almost through it. Aspen and his tanks are brought to the perimeter of the Joe base, and the female Cobra troops 
and Televipers bring their forces into position, which cracks me up that all of a sudden Cobra and the Joes have like this huge plethora yeah. of female troopers. I've never seen them in any other episode, but they, they sure come out in this one. Right. Uh, well, the conch brought them out. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see the big conch. <laughs> After she hears they heard the rumors and, right. and then uh, enlisted well, right away. Well, yeah, Roadblock was in town. Right. (laughs) After she hears that the Cobra troops are in position and whispering softly to Destro that he will soon be free, Cobra attacks. As Dr. Blackstone tells Scarlet and CoverGirl that she doesn't know what is wrong with Duke, Lady J orders the Joes out of the front lines after learning that Destro still has not revealed anything to Flint or Roadblock. His tanks blow apart a wall, drive over the rubble, and continue to destroy guard towers while the Baroness broadcasts the conch's hypnotic sound through a dish located on the back of her stinger's jeep. Quick, Robert, play that song again. <laughs> yeah, that's, that should be like the theme theme song for this episode. It's got to be Barry White, right? That's Mar- Yeah, Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye, yeah. All right, go ahead and keep go ahead and keep going, Ryan. All right, so the sound waves sweep through the base and continue to paralyze the men. And the Baroness <laughs> orders the Joe men to attack the women. Flit blows away a vamp as Lady J, Scarlet, and Cover Girl. <laughs> but the women quickly realize that they can use stun gas to put the male Joes asleep without harming them. Scarlet and Lady J make a break for the gas bunker while CoverGirl attempts to provide cover fire for them. Destro is rescued by the Baroness and learns that she is now in command of Cobra, which causes him to laugh and tell her, I always said you'd go far, my dear Baroness. Destro and the Baroness run outside and discover that the three Joe women shooting stun gas, suggesting that they retreat, Destro rides shotgun as the Baroness drives away (laughs) and orders the remaining Joes to follow her. As the male Joes march out of their base and follow the Baroness into the night, Scarlet is told <laughs> by Lady J that the mission is to stop the Baroness and save all the male Joes is now up to them. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> on, on top of a snow peak, Destro takes a deep breath and confides to the Baroness that it's good to be free. <laughs> He asks that the Baroness what the Baroness' plans are for the world, and she explains in one word, piracy. Conquering the land, the sea, and the air are plans that the sirens would approve. Destro replies, noting the Joes fight more efficiently without free will. Destro and the Baroness visit the imprisoned lunatic leader, Cobra Commander and Tomax. At least, the Baroness thinks this is the twin she captured. She can't keep those guys straight. However, the Baroness's faith that her women agents will find Zaymont watches the pair walk down the hall while wedged between two beams in the prison ceiling. <laughs> Wild Bill, Ripcord, Wakando fly above the snowy landscape and radio Scarlet. But they have found Duke's signal. Lady J parachutes to the Cobra house, sneaks inside, and is captured by several female Cobra agents. While prowling around a darkened room, 
<laughs> as Lady J is dragged away to the prison block. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zaymar drops from the rafters and knocks the guards unconscious. Leaning over Lady J, he tells her to wake up. So she's been rescued, then laughs in a high-pitched, maniacal voice. Don't be around us, baby. Regaining consciousness, Lady J tosses Zaymot over her and quickly stands up and assumes a fighting stance. Zaymot raises his hands in a peaceful gesture. But Lady J only asks why she should trust a Crimson Guard commander. Suddenly, the Baroness appears at the end of the corridor and attempts to shoot Zaymot. However, he flips out of the way and pulls Lady J out of the line of fire before she's shot. Perhaps you can judge by the company I don't keep, Zaymot suggests. Lady J follows Tomax's guards cave, while avoiding laser blasts attacking a group of guards and commander commandeer a bat in the plane zooms out of the hangar, leveling the plane off. Yeah, Zaymok tells Lady J, "Well, that takes care of that." She turns and looks back at the hangar and catches sight of a several Cobra Rattlers taking off to pursue them. Wishful thinking is a problem with you, isn't it? She replies. After shooting down Major Blood's Rattler, Lady J and Zaymot voice four heat-seeking missiles. By flying straight for the peak and pulling up slightly. <laughs> the missiles radiate the peak and they fly to Joe headquarters. Yeah. Zaymot proposes that he and Joes work together so long as they leave the base as soon as they've freed the Joes. No one in room, however, believes him. Dr. Blackstone introduces a sonic pulsar designed to create a counter vibration that could free the Joe with a fist in the air. The last best hope for the male Joes shout simultaneously. Yo, Joe. Almost done. Destro explains to the Baroness that the conk is the leader. She turns toward him with the conk to her lips. But Destro swipes the conk from her and explains that only a fool like Cobra Commander would wish to rule alone since he would not have anyone with whom to share the glory of defeating the enemy. She walks toward him, places her hands on his chest, and asks if he hears wedding bells. Mm, Suddenly, a female trooper bursts into the room and tells the Baroness, and Joseph breached the defenses with the help of Zaymot. Blasting past the snake robots, Joe and Zaymot enter the male Joes. They do what? They encounter the male Joes. I read that wrong. <laughs> I read that terribly, terribly wrong. <laughs> Lady J watches Zaymot leap from his ruined cobra ferret, knock down a snake robot, and run down a cordo from the battle and tells herself that she knew his help wouldn't last for long. Mm. Scarlet fires a sonic pulsar given to her by Dr. Blackstone and the men stop shooting and begin to rub oh the back of the neck. <laughs> the male Joes who hear the Baroness shout 
destroy, slowly turn around, and Flint tells him, you heard the lady. And the free men begin to shoot the Cobra Rattlers, parked behind the Baroness and the Deathstroke. While Cobra's planes are being destroyed in the hangar, Cobra Commander and Tomax are released from the power of the Count. And the reunited twins reluctantly agree to free Cobra Commander, who orders them to get out of the base. As the Joes continue to press their assault with silver mirages and malas, the Crimson Guard Commander and Cobra Commander, who promises to punish for the Baroness's treachery, flee in a rattler. Lady J strikes the count from the Baroness's hand with a javelin. And before the Baroness can pick the golden seashell up from the ground, Destro grabs her. It tells her to escape and fight again another day. And Lady J retrieves the conk from the ground. As the joys and as the Joes enjoy a food, the food offered in the communications room, Doctor Blackstone holds the conk and tells the Joes that she wishes to study the seashell in order to find out how it works. However, we all know how that works. Scarlet grabs the seashell and tells the doctor that the conch has caused enough trouble for one day. Calling to Lady J, Scarlet tosses the conch in the air and is destroyed by a laser blast from one of Lady J's javelins and an arrow from Scarlet's crossbow. As the dusty remains of the golden seashell fall to the ground, Duke asks why she destroyed the conch. Closing her eyes and telling him, jokingly superior voice, she replies, Someone has to make the world safe for you, man. And all the Joes burst out laughing. Oh. Yeah! <laughs> That's it. Wow, you were cut off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad this is the last episode. That's all I can say. Yeah, oh my god. Wow. I'm glad you took over because I couldn't continue anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, here's a question, though. Oh for god, really? <laughs> does, does, does this count as a capture for both Duke and Flint then? <laughs> that's the question. That's the only question we have. Seriously? Yeah, that's the only question I have at this point. That, that's what you're gonna play. <laughs> we gotta. I gotta. I gotta know. Mm, when were they captured? They were puts Duke at. Oh well. 10. Oh god, not that mm. really. No, I don't think they were captured. They were just knocked out, right? Yeah, I think this is a tie at best. They were hypnotized. Yeah, no, I don't. But they were never in Cobra hands, were they? they well, were yeah, Baroness the took them. The Baroness took them back to her base. Oh, that's right. Well, so that's true. Well, would, they, yeah, they I'd both get one, one more. for each. Of yeah, them. one for each. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's Duke at ten, and I think Flint at four. Yeah. So. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sad. So sad. So, Shannon, were you looking forward to this episode the most out of all of them? <laughs> Actually, no. It was a bikini one. I didn't. I really didn't write this one up as like sexual innuendo galore. But it just worked out that way. And man, I never realized how like phallic, if you can say that, vaginal, whatever is. Oh, it's a weird combination of both. Yeah. It looks one way, but it's pronounced the opposite. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> and just the way that this uh, episode is described, too, man. Yeah. But yeah, the the G.I. Joe summary thing did not help. <laughs> <laughs> Many it times does. throughout these five episodes, it didn't help. Yeah. No. This one was especially not helpful. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
it requires a dramatic reading. I think that's. I think if Shannon wasn't muted, I think we would have been still covering (laughs) middle of this episode. (laughs) I I have to admit, I I muted through most of this episode. (laughs) Especially after Robert started doing his like you know Soul Train (laughs) tribute. Which reminds me, did you guys see that uh, there come Dynamite's coming out with a Shaft comic? Oh. It's coming out in December. When is, when is somebody going to do a Fat Albert comic? That's the one I want to do. <laughs> I would read that. I would. I, you know what? What I really want to do is a Brown Hornet comic. Oh yeah. <laughs> not not Legal Eagle because that was crap. I don't know who no, decided Legal Eagle. Brown Hornet was, was great. Yeah. Brown Hornet was awesome, but Legal Eagle was poop. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think this episode is going to be plenty long. Yeah, <laughs> really? for, like, you think? for three hours. Yeah. So, uh, I believe my heart. Go <laughs> I know. Let's go ahead and wrap things up here. Wait, we didn't insult uh, Elaine enough. What's that? We didn't, we didn't talk about Elaine enough. Right. I think Robert's grateful for that. Yeah, no. <laughs> we can move on. <laughs> All right, Shannon, how can they find your stuff uh, if they want to follow you? <laughs> They can find my stuff <laughs> online. Uh. I don't know. SLGallant.com. Okay. Any upcoming shows? No. No? Okay. <laughs> Robert, how about you? Um, you can. Uh, I have my blog at robertatkinsart.blogspot.com and also uh, just on Twitter and Facebook at Robert Atkins Art. Um, well, I will actually... Uh, Chuck and I will actually be recording a episode live from a toy show this coming Sunday. Oh, nice. cool. Uh, so that'll be the next episode. Uh, our buddies from Roma Collectibles uh, are helping to organize the show, and they they offered us a table there. So uh, we're going to sell some of our collections uh, there, but we're also going to promote the show, and we're going to do a, a live recording right at the show. So uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> But uh, that'll be this coming Sunday, so it'll it'll already happen by the time this episode probably comes out because I still have to get another episode out before this one. But uh, but yeah, so that should be a lot of fun, and I'm sure people have been missing hearing Chuck on the show, so that'll be a good opportunity to have him on again. Very cool. So. Thought he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of people have asked that, yeah. So, uh, but you can find uh, our stuff on StarJoes.com. You can find us at the forumforgeeks.com. You can follow us on Twitter. It's at Starjo's Podcast. You can email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. You can call and leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-J-O-E-S, 440-941-Joes. You heard we heard from Torpedo, so any other Joes that want to call? We, we had Christopher Walken call before, so want to hear from that guy again. Um, just, yeah, whoever wants to call, feel free to give us a call. Uh, we'll play it on the air and we'll respond to it. Uh, ask us questions in email or on Facebook. You can also follow us on, or like us on Facebook. We post stuff multiple times during the day on Facebook. And uh, we're part of the GeekCast Radio Network. And we are on Stitcher Radio, which is a Stitcher Radio is a free app for your mobile devices. So I believe that's everything so with that we'll go ahead and close by saying the force will be with you because knowing us is half the battle take care everyone (laughs) oh yeah yeah. it's not right
All right, well, you guys ready to get started? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay, because who knows how it's long gonna this is going to last. It's going to last a while. Can... <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, and we do have uh, listener feedback. Oh, and uh, It's your sister, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, there is a feedback from yes! sister. I did tell yes. her we want to have her on the show still, so then I said, you can come on the show and okay. uh, give a rebuttal. Right. She did, that, according to her message, she doesn't have anything to rebuttal. No, no, she was, she's, she's cool with it. She was, she was flattered. She's just saying that, and then when she gets in the room. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> then it's all kidney this punches. And... my ass. <laughs> right. That's punches right. to the throat. And... <laughs> all right. So let's see. And I still have to get episode 131 out. So, the hell that was that? My, that was my text message. It's a Chewbacca sound. Remember? <laughs> right, so yes. I, I have a Chewbacca sound as my uh, text, and I just put it on like last week. And then Ryan was just blowing up my text one day, just like over and over and over. And. And my my daughter Emma was just like, "Shut up, Chewy!" And I was like, "What?" I was like, "It's not even." I was like, "Dang!" That's funny because on my end it sounded like one of those old cow things that you would like turn over and it would go. Yeah. That's what I thought too. Yeah. It's like you can only find them at Cracker Barrel now. Right. That like candy on paper. Nice. Alrighty. Let's see. So this is one thirty-two. My email came out. All right, cool. Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 132. Star Joe's a real animated hero. <laughs> I hate you, Robert. That wasn't even close to loud enough. I was like, "Are you? did you plan that? <laughs> you know how I love to interrupt you. You do. Well, Chuck doesn't do it anymore, right. so it's you have to. I'm going to pick up this lag. <laughs> right. Are you ready for me Not to go right. again? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll be serious this time, yeah. No, you won't. <laughs> no, seriously, let's go. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode one six. I do it. I do it. <laughs> Okay, okay, no, I'm serious uh, this time. This time. <laughs> no, this time, this time I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> right. Okay, Keith. <laughs> no, this time. <laughs> okay, no, seriously, now, now I'm serious. I love that song. I'm done. <laughs> it's, a, it's a song about song about Robert's Oh, God, man, already? You already started the episode? I, I deserve that. I guess I deserve that. You did. You did. Uh, I just want to point out it wasn't me. I know. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't believe you. Wait for it. I know. Yeah, you'll fall for it again. I know. Well, I have to start no, he has the no show. Choice. He has to start the show every time. Right. Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 132, Star Joe's a Real Animated Hero. 